2: Welcome to The Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant, independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Saturday, August 20th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. Got a jam-packed show planned for you. I forgot to post this on Wire, so I'm going to go ahead and do it right now. But we've got a jam-packed show for you planned today. By the way, since I don't mention it a lot, Wire. uh, The Wire app. I think it's wire.com is an app that we use to send out uh, our, our ping essentially back from the days when we used to care about whether YouTube gave you a notification, which we know they just don't do when they don't want to. But now we put a ping out on wire we have for a long time. So if you'd like to join there, there's another way to keep in line with us, you know, when we go live on all the different platforms, but a huge discussion to be had today on a bunch of different levels. I was unfortunately forced to push off a huge, probably half as much again of the show today, uh in regard to the great reset digital ids and a whole bunch of stuff today we're going to focus on specifically a huge discussion to start around ukraine the nuclear game that's being played that's really alarming but how that also kind of dovetails into the supply chain and food crisis that's being created you know whether that's all in part of the plan or just just so happens to coincidentally lead in the same direction no matter what part of the world you're looking at very interesting but we're also going to get into what i coined as the excess death the baffling baffling excess death mystery which is just insulting to your intelligence that we're pretending like the very point is always that i'm not saying we know for sure that everything involved in this excess death increase has to do with the vaccine alone there's other facets even the thing they're using to cover it up like the the lockdowns which is what we were saying before we did them and then they were fake news then but now because it works to cover up the vaccine now we can point back and say the lockdowns caused all this death that's part of it sure But my point is always that not to say we know for sure what exact one part it is, but that it's undeniably obvious, but no matter what thing you're looking at or pre-COVID clown world, the obvious correlation with this gigantic experiment or don't even call it experiment, this administration of anything this wide across the population and seeing the same amount of increase of unexplainable excess death, you have to at least ask the question, could it have been this in part? But the fact that that's not even allowed to be asked is the obvious part of this. So this baffling excess death mystery is quite obvious, at the very least, partly involving the vaccine. And I think that's as objective as I can make that. I think personally, it's the entire process, but we'll get into that and you can come to your own conclusions. And then, of course, we're also going to talk about how the boosters, the bivalent, bivalent injections just really the next thing they're making, they're not necessarily all the same thing, or even re- in reality that these variants are even necessarily just sub, sub, sub variants of Omicron. Remember in the beginning, they had different names every single time. The point is these new things they're pushing on people are already beginning to be made and already being sold and in some places already approved in the UK. Are, according to the expert, uh, in reg- uh, the Bill and, Melinda Getz- Bill and Melinda Gates, excuse me, former expert, Ber- uh, Gert Vandenbosch, Will be the biggest problem here. We'll turn something that's not dangerous into something incredibly dangerous. That doesn't have to be this viral problem. It just means whatever these injections are causing or doing is going to get wildly exacerbated by the very things they're about to push on you next. Now that's his opinion as a as a highly regarded expert that I, that by the way, I have my own concerns and questions about where he comes from and so on. But the point is, when they say trust the science, It shouldn't just mean only the ones they want you to look at. This is a very highly credentialed individual saying that these boosters are going to cause something very bad. In my opinion, as I coined it in the title, it will cause the real pandemic. And that is where this all leads into and how they're hiding everything and they're going to continue. But the point is, it's going to get much worse if we let them continue to play this game. To start off today, the, the... A little video you saw there, which, by the way, you've seen before. We played this before. is really interesting, isn't it? To see something so contrary to what you're hearing today. And the funny thing about the way he says this, let's just play it again really quickly. Is is that not only is he very clearly saying, not just with this one shot, but in general, when you get infected, when you have natural infection, not just flu, but any natural infection, that is the best protection. That's always how it's been. That's always what vaccine technology has been based on, right up until they. Flip the table over for COVID clown world and some people decided to buy it. But the point here is that he says that that's the best way, but also that he weirdly nods multiple times that if she actually has the flu. Now, whether he's nodding at the idea that we conflate pneumonia with flu and they know that or the fact that it could be something else and that it's important to know that if you actually have it, because you could misconstrue that with things like common cold symptoms or anything else. Something that today doesn't exist, right? Because it's all COVID no matter what all the time. Uh, but she's had the flu for
3: 14 days. Should she get a flu shot?
1: Well, no. If she got the flu for 14 days, she's as protected as anybody can be because the best vaccination is to get infected yourself. And if she really has the flu, if she really has the flu, she definitely doesn't need a flu vaccine. If she really has the flu,
0: she should not get it
1: again. She doesn't need it because it's the it's the most potent vaccination is getting infected
2: yourself. To To be very clear, he's not right there. He's broadly speaking about any infection. Now, how in the world can you know, even if you want to pretend, which is totally a fair point to make, that science and understanding evolves, except it doesn't make sense when the same people moments ago were screaming the science is settled. Right. That doesn't make sense. But let's just give them that, which you shouldn't. The point is that, yes, things evolve, but that's not where they are. That's the same standing of information we have right now. They just challenge it differently because, well, we don't know for COVID. Well, they didn't make that case in any other context. The point is they're always manipulating. Very important to see that. But also, before we get into the full opening point for Ukraine, I wanted to give a shout again to Star and her great work on, on the clips being made for uh, on TikTok and uh, Instagram and now as well as Rumble and BitChute and so on. But pointing out that TikTok is once again showing its colors. Notice that our account is under a warning. We're getting the slap on the wrist. Uh Uh-oh, stop saying things you're not allowed to say or we're going to take your account away. Trying to social engineer, right? They want you to alter your talking points so you're allowed on there. But still talk about free speech. Also recognize that when they try to make it about a China versus the US, it's all the same thing. They're all censoring the information around the narrative you're not supposed to talk about. There is nothing inaccurate or false about this clip, just like the rest of the clips. This one, mainstream media parrots. Now, that you know what's crazy about that one in particular is all we're pointing out is exactly what that title suggests, which is exactly what's happening. But they just don't like the, the certain points. And I'm not even sure where they lie on what, which ones are more important to them. But it's just subjective and, and completely arbitrary. And it's not based on what's true and what's false, as we've proven a hundred times over. But we always knew this would happen. Instagram, TikTok—they're part of the problem. They're going to censor us. We're just standing today, like very few. I just to make, make to be clear: I don't see very many people out there not in some way self-censoring. You know, altering the way you say things to avoid censorship. We don't do that here. I will never do that. I am walking the line of truth, no matter what. And you know what? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm censoring myself into a corner because of it. But I'm going to stand by the truth, and I'm not going to pull my punches anymore. I'm tired of soft playing these information when you know these things are true. Now, that's my speaking from my own personal standpoint of what things that I feel that I know, as always, question everything, including what I'm telling you, because I could be wrong. But the point is, guys, these things are being censored, and it seems to be happening literally everywhere. We know that. That's why we're going to continue, because it's so damn important to fight for the truth. Now, one of the big stories that you're seeing in foreign policy that's really been going up, we've referenced this a few times, this is in regard to the uh, I I don't to, I'm sure mispronounced I mispronounced it last time Zaporoz the, the new let's just go ahead and say the nuclear power plant in Ukraine where Russia is currently in control of the territory. Now in the beginning. Zelensky, don't forget, was screaming about how, how Russia's going to bomb it and it's going to be a nuclear fallout problem and everyone has to and, and it's going to be false flags and all this conversation. And then that's not what happened at all. In fact, Russia carefully took over the territory, made sure it remained safe, which is where they are. Like, I don't know how else you can frame that. Nothing happened, even as Zelensky and his fascist army are continuing to bomb and attack it in every possible way it can. And then the narrative switched to where, well, now they're taking that territory and we're attacking it. And that's why you're at risk. So you mean you're the one being the threat? No, no, no. Russia's there. That's why we have to bomb it, which therefore means if there's a a nuclear fallout problem, it's because Russia. That's the same kind of thing you see from the U.S. government, right? Where you see Pompeo, for example, this is the the example that comes to mind, saying that, well, your people are going to starve. if You don't do what we tell you. Now, is that Iran starving their people? Or is that U.S. sanctions that are starving their people being applied because Iran doesn't do what the U.S. tells them to do? the equivalent of you hitting your brother with his own hands and saying, stop hitting yourself, right? This is where we are. They're attacking this territory, regardless of whether you think Russia has a right to be there. That's an important differentiation, but the bottom line is that they're the ones creating the risk of this, even though it started where Russia was going to be the one doing it. This is just this nonstop manipulation. It's frustrating. Sorry, I was going to check one thing. Here we go. But, so he says Zelensky warns catastrophe at the nuclear power plant would threaten the whole of Europe, or rather France 24 says this, quoting what Zelensky has to say, which is what they love to do, just parrot it exactly what this very terrible person puppeting from the U.S. or by, at, at the best of the U.S. is saying all the time, which I'll make a point about that in a minute. But here is a, re- a great little clip uh, from Mark Sloboda, who is now, you know, of course, he's got a Z on his chest and so on. So people are going to go, oh, he's a partisan or rather you know, Russian supporting, whatever. Now, I don't know why that always matters unless you're people that choose to ignore facts or data or possible facts and data just because that people are from a certain side, like ignoring anything on one channel by while blindly absorbing anything on the other. And this is kind of the childish breakdown we have today. Listen to what he's saying, because there's data and facts in there, regardless of where you think. Now, I'm just saying that for people that will dismiss one side versus the other. I find what he's saying completely accurate. But it says the Kiev regime is insanely and transparently bombing the Zaporo Jose, power plant in desperate bid to retain faltering Western attention and support. This is the real politic with Mark Sloboda. Now he's discussing this little clip. Now I'm going to play this for you and go through this information and show you why this is very clearly what I see happening. Hi,
4: I'm Mark Sloboda. And this is The Real Politique. The Zaporozhye nuclear power plant in southern Ukraine is the largest nuclear power plant in Europe and one of the largest in the world. The plant has been under Russian jurisdiction since early March. On July 22nd, the main intelligence directorate of the Ministry of Defense of Ukraine admitted openly in a telegram post that it had attacked the area with kamikaze suicide drones likely those supplied to the Kiev regime by the US since then the nuclear plant has been targeted by artillery and multiple launch rocket system many times the u.s-backed Kiev regime claims that uh, one the Russian military is occupying the plant and firing out f- from it so that Kiev regime forces cannot fire back and two that the Russian military forces are also simultaneously firing on themselves in the plant in order to blow themselves up in a nuclear accident in order to blame Kiev. First and foremost, the attacks on a nuclear power plant are a childlike, desperate attempt to refocus Western political and media attention on the conflict which the Kiev regime frantically worries is fading. Two, the Kiev regime has already been conducting a scorched earth campaign, igniting grain fields and blowing up dams and hydroelectric stations. A nuclear scorched earth policy is just another step up. The outer shell of the reactors are 1.5 meters of steel and concrete, designed to protect against natural disasters like earthquakes, or man-made incidents such as an aircraft crashing into them. Still, low probability of a major nuclear catastrophe is not no probability. These Kiev forces attacks can only be considered as nuclear terrorism against not only Russian forces, but the regime's own Ukrainian people and all of Europe.
2: So what's interesting is that while he's basically saying that it's not as big a threat as the corporate media is trying to make it out to be, oh, shocking. Who could have possibly guessed they would hype something, right? But also that the inverse of the reality is typically how this goes. Zaporosha, somebody suggesting in the chat, thank you. See, why don't you you guys could look it up for me? It's simple as that. No, but And people also pointing out in the chat that Mark tends to be critical of the Russian government. The point I was making in the beginning is simply that for those that aren't you know, who are looking by and see the Z on his chest. My point was kind of the person that will run because they see that, which is my point, right? And that is a just, I'm, I find that to be the lowest brow kind of thing possible. Like, listen here, even if you might disagree, oh no, don't hear things you don't want to hear, right? That's the, the not just two party politics, but even around the world, we see that a lot today, but this is really important. I do believe that's exactly what's happening. Research it for yourself. The problem is this isn't just stopping though. And it's not really to me about the, I mean, the risk that like he's pointing out of a nuclear fallout situation or nuclear situation or reactor overloading or however you want to frame that, that's a scary idea. But it, as he points out, it's not doesn't seem to be that serious or does, you know, it's possible, but not um, improbable or however you want to frame that. My concern is about how this could be used. The lie about it, let's say, right, the hype from the media, which we already see building The idea that either Russia or Ukraine could do something and the narrative could be that this is suddenly becoming a problem, which then adds to this, the power crisis, which adds to the food crisis, which adds to everything, which is a point I'm going to make more about this, which I'm wondering whether there's more happening here than we see. Now, here from the Guardian, this is from the 14th, where it's literally quoted or just referenced by the Guardian in regard to what Zelensky is saying, that Ukraine will target their forces there. I mean, it's just kind of dumb to argue before this that Russia doing the same thing, just attacking them in that area, which, by the way, means they were in the plant using it as a base, which is exactly what they're criticizing Russia for now. Like, it's just there's everything's ridiculous in all of this. You, they refuse to look at one side while well, they call the same things out on the other. Guess what? The same thing's happening in our party politics here. But so now they're going to target them in exactly the way that they said Russia was putting everybody at risk. So they're openly saying we're going to do the thing we just said was risky. It's think about how stupid that is. But so even if there's not a risk, like it just shows how hypocritical and double standard everything we're talking about. But they're openly telling you we're going to target it. And I said, as they repeatedly target, this location is what as they threaten or point at the catastrophe. This is the act of a cornered animal desperate, which should scare everybody. Never forget who armed and supported and created this fascist puppet regime. The U.S. government, the CIA, Project Aerodynamic. Now, we have a little insight, by the way, today, or possible insight into whether this or adding to the reality that the CIA actually did work with and grow this group there all the way to right now, including continuing to bring people and place, them there inside of this situation to drive whatever agenda they're trying to create. Project Aerodynamic. Now, I'll I'll play this video at the end of this little segment, and you can come to your own conclusions about it, of whether the CIA is, in fact, involved. But this is... A constant BBC being one of the worst in any possible field, whether the U.S. media or you know, around the world, but a constant manipulation from the corporate media. As Dimitri's pointing out, a classic news manipulation from the BBC. Russia was never against this situation, as it says Russia is going to allow, now allow inspectors to the nuclear plant. The argument being in the article that they've been trying to stop this from happening, and that's just not true. In fact, it was actually calling for a visit since the moment the Ukrainian shelling started. And this is the kind of manipulation you get from the corporate media. They just omit facts and completely fabricate them. Whole cloth story doesn't matter as long as it sells you on the actual point. They want you to think low standards of journalism. I wouldn't even call it journalism. It's propaganda. But as Levi points out, more than 40 states called on Russia since they've now taken control of the area to transfer the Zaporozhye nuclear plant to Ukraine. Right. During all of this. Right. According to a statement released by the EU and delegation to in Vienna, but it they didn't come up with the idea to tell Ukraine to maybe just stop bombing it. Oh, no, we're all a threat from nuclear war. So hand them back the plant. Right. That's not self-serving at all. Like, think about how, how transparent that is. And of course, Vaughn steps in and says, of course not. If they told Ukraine to stop shelling it, well, Ukraine might stop shelling it. And that's the end of the nuclear blackmail narrative. People see this, guys. I believe most people see these very transparent narratives and how obvious and clumsy they are today. Russia planning to disconnect nuclear power plant from grid, Ukraine warns. Now, I haven't sussed out whether this is just more Ukraine says nonsense or whether Russia might do this. Something tells me this is more valid than that because of how this seems to tap into the same thing we're seeing. And let's not forget how tapped in Russia and all the rest of them are to the real great reset agenda that wraps around all of this. But if they're planning to disconnect nuclear plant from the power grid, that's going to be potentially one more reason that there's issues or at least they can claim more issues of power supply issues but either way they're claiming like this is some kind of an act of terror by you by russia but i would also argue that disconnecting from the power grid might potentially insulate it from any kind of cyber attacks that might take place so the, the way that this is all being framed is about making it about russia bad guy as usual But really, we should ask whether all government bad guy, whether global government, world economic forum agenda bad guy kind of situation where all this leads in the same thing. But from a just Ukraine discussion, you could argue why this is a a valid action to take, even if you want to make it punitive. Why wouldn't they do this to a group to a collection of Western states that rely on this kind of power when they're attacking Russia for doing what they're doing? Right, same kind with the Nord Stream pipeline discussion, where it's like, well, okay, fine. Well, we're just going to we're going to stop this, or we're going to stop that. We're not going to allow you to have this gas or oil. I mean, wh- if, if the U.S. does that on a regular basis with their sanctions, it's the same move. It's not terrorism when one side does it and not when the other does it. These are just actions taken in some in punitive to- sort of not really trade wars, but you know, energy wars that are leading up to kinetic war. But that's also what's happening here. Russia will unexpectedly halt gas flows on the Nord Stream pipeline the one that's in existence, not Nord Stream 2, for maintenance later this month. Of course, of course, just regular scheduled maintenance, nothing to see here. <laughs> I, I don't believe that. I think this is about creating the, the, the from a thousand different angles, creating the energy problem that they're pointing at to justify what they're doing. Now, does that mean Russia's involved? Does that mean they knowingly do this? I mean, that, these are things for you to decide. But you can't miss that there's happening right alongside every other action in multiple countries that are leading to an issue of, problems with gas, with energy, with food supply chains, everything. So it's very interesting. Or again, from a Ukraine perspective, it could just be about taking action that hurt the people that are attacking them. Either way you look at it, it all ultimately leads to the same problem that are being pointed at to create what's happening from a global scale. Now, on the idea of Ukraine says, this is also happening simultaneously around the power plant. Suddenly, Ukraine speaks up and says, "Zelensky vows revenge for a Kharkiv missile strike," which, of course, is you know so, these Soviet. The idea not to even dive into this because I'm tired of trying to break down these stories, which are just blatant, whole cloth lies. Who continue? They continue to get shown from Ukraine. Now, by the way, the problem is that we don't know whether they actually just attack these areas and blamed it on Russia and so on. Now, I don't know. Is it possible Russia bombed this? Of course it is. But if you look through the history of just this war, Ukraine, almost every single time they've screamed about something like this has later been shown to have been lying about it. It's not my opinion, guys. History will show this. It's very clear. Like the Russian raping children story that was completely made up and they got caught for it and admitted it and they, she got fired. And yet they still push that story. As I said, Ukraine says, hashtag hasn't turned out too well thus far for the corporate media. Let's see if they all blindly regurgitate this one too, which they did without any due diligence despite Ukraine's government already getting caught numerous times flat out lying and fabricating events. Think about how ridiculous it would be to continue to cite what they say without any due diligence as they continue to be caught lying for the things they say. That's journalism. (laughs) I mean, think about how childishly embarrassing that is. And they keep doing it. I mean, this is like the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, and they all keep doing it. The only reason I say them like that is because the perception is that these are the highest level journalists in the world and yet they're some of the most flimsy and transparent in their effort to propagandize people. Now here guys is some glimpse of truth. Now I could do 4 hours of this stuff by the way as you know, but let's get into just some of the most important as of the last so many days that I can see showing you the real the per, the real the reality of what's happening on the ground from even political perspective from people around the world. This is Uh, an Italian journalist speaking up about what's happening in Donbass. This is everywhere, guys. It's undeniable what's happening, that these groups are fascist, neo-Nazi, Nazi elements that have been grown by outside forces, predominantly the U.S., and that they are murdering people right now in Donbass with petal mines, with bombing in civilian areas. It is all around, and nobody wants to talk about it in the corporate media because they're cowards. Oh, that's right. I don't have the video lined up because this is another language, but I'll just read this for you. It says, hold on, make sure I can read this. I'll turn this down. So it says, it's as if these children are killed twice. The first time by Ukrainian bombs and the second time by the Western media, which hides their death. What kind of degradation to... led the Europe to fall so low. It's a Europe which presents itself as a free and democratic continent. Of rights for all except for the children of Donbass, except for the people of Donbass. You know, it's just so it's so insulting how they frame this kind of conversation as the, the fringe, partisan, manipula you know, conspiracy theorists in their basements kind of argument. Such a baseless, hollow argument, which people don't even buy today. Since I saw a funny meme the other day that says the U.S. is short on conspiracy theories because all of them came true. You know, and it's like that's that's how people see. Even the average people are beginning to see how ridiculous this has gotten today. Not that not that every possible theory is true but the reality that there's a lot of things they say were fake news that have very clearly been shown to be true just during COVID. But this is a, an Italian journalist. By the way, the, the, the child, the young girl sitting next to him, I'll show you her clip next. But this is everywhere, and they don't want people seeing this. Here is a lineup of people chanting, we won't forget, we won't forgive. It says every day Ukraine drops thousands of shells filled with PMF petal mines under the feet of inhabitants of the Donbass. Youth took to the square in front of the embassies of the U.S. and the U.K. to remind people that Ukraine is using weapons prohibited by the Geneva Conventions, which, by the way, they've already been caught for using white phosphorus, caught for using cluster munitions, which, by the way, is every single U.S.-backed war. I'm not making that up. It's very clearly documented even by human rights organizations. They get called out for it. Nothing happens. We jump to the next war, and then you get call a the conspiracy theorist while it's happening until later they prove it over and over and over. Look at the pictures. Remember how I mentioned all the people with missing limbs in Israel? Different munition type, but same concept. They're saying, we won't forget, we won't forgive. These are all their family members. And people they know that are, that are now legless or dead because of what's happening. Since This is during the Ukraine war, guys, right now. Not before, not the eight years of murder and genocide before that we're also could include. No, right now. Where, where's all the cry for the children and the well-being of the Ukraine people? Oh, I guess it doesn't matter as long as they speak Russian. I guess they don't count, right? Sort of like when they don't count the people that are in Yemen or the people in Syria or the people in Iran or the people anywhere they claim they're fighting for but actually target all the time. This is the woman, this is the young uh, woman speaking on what happened to her. In 2014, I lost my six-year-old son. He died together with my husband as a result of artillery shelling. My daughter served severe shrapnel, uh, received severe shrapnel wounds. The mother of the child who died as a result of the Ukrainian shelling appealed to Zelensky. Just saying the part that I just read. On behalf of all mothers who have lost their children, those and who those whose children were maimed as a result of the inhumane inhumanity of the Ukrainian military, I want to appeal to Ukrainian President Zelensky, which is going to be falling on deaf ears, seeing as how he doesn't care, as he's a puppet of the U.S. machine, and ultimately is the one carrying and directing this stuff out, or or you could argue that has completely zero control over anything that's happening, and is ultimately. For the same reason, not gonna have any effect. To immediately stop the military operations of the territory of the Donbass, to stop taking away the life of our children, or the children's right to life. It just breaks your heart. Here's one that says there were just two bones sticking out, no heel. There's probably some toe, some some toes out there somewhere, he says. This is Yuri Avanov, a resident of Donetsk, stepped on a petal mine in the yard of his own house. Yuri dreams of seeing the trial of those who took away his leg. He said there was no pain, just blunt impact. He even tried to run. There was nothing there. There was just two bones sticking out. Gosh, it's just disgusting. All happening right now. Here's here's one you might be interested to see. It says how the provocative act in Bucha was organized, you know, the Bucha massacre that they tried to blame on Russia that later completely blew up in their face, seeing as how we proved to you that the CIA cutout Maxar technologies lied about what they saw and when they saw it. And we proved this to you using satellite data. And the reality being that the people that were killed there were during the Ukraine control of the area. I mean, it's as simple as that. And this has been so thoroughly shown in a thousand different ways, sort of like the train station bombing that was also shown to be definitively coming from the Ukraine territory. I mean, all this. And that's why they just stopped talking about the story. It just suddenly is no longer important to them once the facts don't point in the direction that they want to lie about. Well, here it says how Ukrainians killed a Russian prisoner of war. Eyewitness testimony. A French volunteer and a journalist, right? Why don't they have this kind of stuff? Why They point to people that work for USAID, and that's it. Isn't that funny how that works? Well, here, there is an endless amount of actual journalism being done, like people like Ava Bartlett, who will talk to people on the ground, and it's weird how they all have the same story. It's depressing, but it's important. As far as I understand, you are witnessing the murder of the Russian military. Tell me where it was and what it looked like. Now, by the way, I'm not saying that you should just buy this at face value. Question it. They could be lying like anybody could be lying. My point is that the body of evidence is undeniable. Either you've got 99% of people all making up the exact same false story, which is certainly possible, or most of their people are telling the truth and they're very slim, you know, narrative spinning of an argument of all these people and all you end up seeing is a person that works for USAID or so on. I'm using that example because it's one of the most obviously flimsy, but that's how this goes. You can see this endless procession of people that are finding their way out of these controlled areas while it was happening, who are screaming about the terrible things that were done to them by the Azov movement. And that's just all fake news because it doesn't go along with the narrative. You've seen this this way before. Same thing happened with the moderate rebels. Remember how that turned out? In the first days of April, the Ukrainian army came to Bucha. In our car, we were accompanied by an Azov fighter. We arrived in Bucha absolutely without any passport control, thanks to this agent. First of all, I noticed the corpses that were lying in the center of the city, in the center of Bucha. At that moment, I saw how other corpses were being taken out of small cars. The corpses were taken out by the military and civilians and laid out next to ones on the road. Now, remember, I proved this to you in the idea that these bodies that were placed were in the exact same positions, like the timing of it when the Ukraine people were there versus when the Russia like this was it it wasn't there. And then suddenly they took over and these bodies were literally placed in the street. And you even have video of them dragging them into place. I mean, you can't it's, it's impossible to ignore this stuff. At that moment, journalists were waiting for the corpses to be laid out. And as soon as the corpses were there, they started taking pictures. Now look, at you know how, you know how crazy that is? Because you know who we're talking about there? At least in part, high-level corporate media, or at least people working for them. That's crazy. That means they willfully lied to you about what they did, according to this person. And I immediately realized they were prepared in a performance in order to make the most impressive photos. Some of the medicines were intended for the Azov Battalion for the Ukrainian military, and the other part had to go to the hospital. He says, at that moment, another car drove into the hangar. And I noticed that from that car, from those three cars, there were three cars from prisoners of war. Russians were disembarked. At that moment, I saw some Russian prisoners of war were brought to their knees and their hands tied. These were the white bound hands, guys. This is what we're talking about. And that's been shown by a lot of different ways that these were the white bands that were meant to represent support of Russia that were then used to tie the hands of the people that they executed. And they've even gloated about this. At that moment, I heard gunshots and we heard gunshots. I say we because there was another volunteer next to me. When we heard the shots, I noticed that the Azov were shooting somewhere down at the Russian prisoners of war. Most likely, they shot at the knees. In any case, at the, at the legs, my colleague and, and I saw this. And, we, and by the way, there's video of that, of them shooting these people in the legs. Remember that? And it got dismissed as some kind of fake news or who knows. It, 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 the point was you saw all of taping them to the lamppost. We saw all this stuff, and it was later shown to be very clearly what they did to people that were supporting Russia, even civilians, by the way because these are terrible, terrible, fascist-level Nazi people. And that's, that's not hypothetical anymore. That's a fact. Even the corporate media has been forced to admit that. At that moment, the Ukrainian military demanded that from us that we close the car and drive on, the journalists, right? Then we were driving away, and I was in that passenger seat. Now, don't forget, there's also examples of people being let drive away, and then they shoot at them as they drive away. These are it's all been documented. Don't take my word for it, do your research. Put this next to anything else and come to your own conclusions about it because if you're actually objective, it's in my opinion impossible to see the, any other picture here. Now here's another example. They've been doing this since 2014. As Freedom Truth Honor points out, now you know why Russia says liberated cities, Ukrainian of Donbass were suffering. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting I I wasn't getting, these are translated, so I'm just going to play it here. It says all of those who are ripping my country apart, all those who capture my city of Donetsk, all those who raised flags at the next republic and Russia and other scum. We will punish like this a-hole, this this probably 15-year-old kid. I don't care how old you are, 16, 20, 25 or 50. And by the way, <clears throat> could this be fake? As always, that's always the end. Yes, that's always possible. We're never telling you everything is everything. It's the point. It's one more data point. The reality, though, is we already have exactly this kind of sentiment backed up by people with not, without masks on, people on Ukraine corporate media, people speaking to other interviewers, people literally discussing about how a, 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 a governor of an oblast in Ukraine on the record saying we're going to assassinate people like that blogger in his car because they support Russia, not because they broke the law. It's all on the record, guys. So, this is not that hard to digest. We will get everyone. There is enough ammo for everybody. Apparently, not, though, right? Oops. But the point is, these are children, these kids. Do you get it? Glory to Ukraine. Which country? Ukraine, right? He's grabbing this kid's head, forcing him to say Ukraine. Glory to Ukraine, he says. You'll get 15 years in prison, and then you'll learn. I'm telling you, I did not betray the motherland. And by the way, you can see who's talking. It says the radical party leader of... uh. In Hold on, I can't see what it says. Oh, well. It says, do not lie to me. What did you do with the separatists? I didn't meet with any. right? So the idea that he's meeting with people in Donbass. Civilians, right? Or, or you could argue that their military was Donbass. The point is that we're talking about a territory that is... They're arguing that they want that. These are people that want to be part of Ukraine. And the reality is, this is how they treat anybody that even speaks with these people. I was looking after a school in a kindergarten. All of you tell me the same story. That's it. You'll go to prison for 15 years. How old are you? 62. Said you'll be there till you're 77. You'll get free at 80. I hope you survive, scumbags. Yeah, that, that's your due process in Ukraine. Oh, it was a Slovak, Slovak city. Right. So, just so you're aware, guys, this is them inside. This is demanding the resignation of the city council head, forcing him by gunpoint to sign this to his resignation. This is what we talked about. This is not, I mean, the reality is this has been happening since the U.S. puppet regime took over. It's very clear. Telling him what to write. Are you going to you going to talk? We'll be beating the F out of you now. I don't have any weapons. Where are the weapons? There are no weapons. Right. Anyway, what a democracy, right? This has been happening since 2014 with no one caring, except people like Eva Bartlett who've been reporting on this and telling you it's been happening, or Patrick Lancaster. Well, here is a weapon they used recently against the Zappa Rosha nuclear plant. Looking at the part number and the description, does it look like Russian manufacturing or does it look like a Western country manufacturing label? What do you think? Pretty sure Russia doesn't print English on their weapons. You know, of course, it could be a big, massive false flag. Like the reality is the data and everything on either side, the facts you can prove and all the image we can see. And I mean, the reality is undeniable. Even Ukraine's admitted to what they're doing. The U.S. government is giving them weaponry to which they're using to attack a nuclear power plant. And they're the ones screaming that could cause a problem. And they're the ones doing it. This is childishly ridiculous, but it's potentially dangerous. Here's the first deputy chairman of the State Duma Committee on Education, Yana Luntratova, analyzed the content of school books in Ukraine. Ukrainian textbooks were prepared according to the manuals developed by the United States and NATO. Here's what she has to say about them. When we were analyzing these textbooks and when we were discussing, oops, went fast, we were discussing them on our committee, Doom on education. We saw that all the textbooks are impregnated with hate to everything Russian. Now this shouldn't be hard for you to digest. Again, question everything, guys. But the reality is they've been making this undeniably clear. You can't come out and say we're fighting for the Russian people and then ban everything, even Russian speaking, or stop Russian cats from participating in in cat shows. Like this is just inherently anti-Russian. That's what it always is, right? It was the war on terror became anti anybody Brown, even anywhere outside the United States. Like it's so silly how obvious it is why they pretend they're fighting racism anywhere else or acting like they were fighting white supremacy and Nazis while literally funding exactly that in Ukraine. Like it's if you can't see how you're being played by now, it's a choice in my opinion. But these textbooks, what she's telling you, are overrun with aggressive propaganda to be anti-Russian. It says they completely distort, misrepresent history. The heroes of the Great Patriotic War, whether you think they're heroes or not, are replaced with Nazi criminals. Which, by the way, is why they have Nazi statues all over Ukraine that shot up dramatically after 2014. What a coincidence. Easy to look up. Even the corporate media has been forced to cover it. Soviet tanks with swastikas. And we can conclude, and think about how interesting it is, that they're adding things like swastikas on Soviet tanks, despite the fact the Soviets were primary, in fact, the leading effort in what stopped In regard to World War II, the Nazis, like you you can't this is willfully distorting history so they can blame Russia as Nazis. Well, who's doing that? That's right. The U.S. government, the CIA, rewriting history in real time so they can blame what's happening today in this country on the Nazi Russians, except are there white supremacists in that country? There's supremacists of all kind anywhere you want to look around the world in some places. The reality that they are the Nazis and that arguing they have swastikas in their tanks from the Soviet era is just about framing this idea, the Operation Aerodynamic and everything else that we've been talking about, so that they can blame, in my opinion right now, part of this country as being the group working with them over there and part of everything in Ukraine and so on. It's a complete psyop in every sense of the word, a psychological operation that's been ongoing for a long time. How else do you explain adding swastikas to Soviet tanks, despite them literally fighting the Nazis during war? It's, it's ridiculous. Conclude that for many years, children prepared for the war with Russia. Exactly. Undoubtedly, Russia, actually what it is, is it textbooks? Is its nature a textbook is, is value judgment free, the medium of transferring information. But these textbooks contain very serious value judgment. Russia is a scary aggressor, a terrorist state in, the, in these books, the way they frame them. This is how it's presented on the pages of these textbooks. But the main peacekeeper is the UN and the United States. Now, of course, people that have been bought into this narrative are going to go, of course, because that's true. If you actually believe that the entire state of Russia is a terrorist state, or the fact that the UN and the USA have been only peacekeepers, like the, the, the level of childlike intellect there is unbelievable. I mean, you can argue that they may have done more good, but to really argue that they're just peacekeepers fighting for freedom. I mean, who actually buys that today? You have to be so devoid of any fact, any actual discussion or challenging narratives that you just go, yeah, they're fighting for freedom. I just don't believe that exists in any real sense today. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being wishful thinking, but I think the COVID narrative is exposed to us. Just how many people see through this today in, in in anything coming from the government full of hatred for Russia. There exists special methodical recommendations on how, from what angle, one should shoot and kill our soldiers. Like, really? You're in textbooks for children, you're teaching them how to kill soldiers? A significant place is in natural devotion to, set the, to Bandera. Big surprise. You mean the people that they have marches for and rallies for and their statues of? There's no hiding this, guys. And when to begin to analyze these tech when you begin to analyze the textbooks, we saw that literally every other page contains references to NATO and the UN sources. What a surprise. This is how you propagandize a country. Now, here is an interesting dynamic, or rather, contradiction, contrast rather. This is Ukrainians reacting to seeing a portrait of Zelensky in an elevator. Yeah. Yeah. It's so
5: great. Я не нормальный Мне того,
2: I mean, arguably, these people don't know they're being filmed. At the at the very least, I mean, and of course, maybe that's the minority. Who knows? You can. I'm not saying that's all definitive. I never would say that. But the point is, interestingly, showing you that there are a lot of Ukrainians, which you should know if you're watching this channel or paying attention today, that aggressively do not support a puppet, first of all, or in general, somebody that leads and is allowing the things that he is, you know, ost- ostensibly. Interesting contrast, though, isn't it? Now, all that being said, everything we know about the history there. Right by as of yesterday, the Biden administration announces an additional I'm not making another $775 million, another three quarters of a billion dollars in weapons alone, not just funding, but even though it all goes to weapons these days, but three quarters of a billion dollars in weapons to Ukraine while they're voting down money for struggling families in this country. Right. Forty eight billion dollars for American families struggling from the pandemic. Nope. Vote that down. Don't want that. Wasn't just Democrats voting that down, by the way, but also voting for almost a billion dollars going to Ukraine. I mean, I just can't wrap my mind around how anybody thinks this makes sense with everything we know, as even now they're writing articles equivocating going, well, they do have a Nazi problem, but Putin's still lying. But let's dump money in their hands. How about you realize that I've shown you many times that there's currently legislation in place that makes it a crime? A crime for the U.S. government to arm the Azov Battalion, either directly or indirectly. What do you think that is? The Azov movement is gigantic and is not just one little group. So either way you spend this, that's money going in the hands of open Nazis, and that's okay? Well, because Russia, bad guy, apparently. I don't, th- th- I mean, who actually thinks like that? Now, my point here on all of this, kind of bleeding this over into the FBI, Trump thing, and the, the whole conservative framing that I really do think is happening, is that this is the kind of extremism that is being allowed, grown, worked on to be used against you. But while simultaneously in this country, you have have people that are actively trying to create the same perception around anybody, literally anybody who is even a step to the left or to the right. Excuse me. I mean, anything conservative, Republican, MAGA, QAnon, doesn't matter. They're all extremist, crazy bad guys. And that is the level of journalistic perspective of pundits today where they're allowed, apparently, to just broad brush an entire half of this country or more realistically, an entire maybe quarter of the country that they represent as half the country. But the point is, he says, Edward Luce, I've covered extremism and violent ideologies around the world over my career, which, by the way, does not mean anything other than he's written about these things. Was he right all the time? Who knows? That's for you to decide. But the idea that they claim because he's been writing about these, therefore he is ex- Nope. Corporate media. That's what you have to remember. Financial Times. So he's been writing about this a long time in the way that corporate media has been shown to work. That usually means he lies in just the right ways, but maybe I'm jaded. Think for yourself, but he's been covering extremism and violent ideologies around the world. Have never come across a political force, more nihilistic and, da- and dangerous and contemptible than today's republicans nothing close wow so even i didn't even see this right beneath it not even isis al-qaeda boko haram seriously like what a even if you believe they're that dangerous right what about all the groups you guys are hyping as the worst in the world what about actual nazis nope republicans they're worse than anybody i mean really how about you ask the how about you ask this journalist if he understands what nihilism means how about that Do you know what nihilism means? It means you believe in nothing. So you're arguing that Republicans that have very clear belief systems believe in nothing? Are you too dumb to know what these words mean? Or are you just trying to dump words on people that make it sound like they're bad guys? Why don't you throw anarchy in there, too, since you misuse that word every day? I mean, this is the level of corporate media journalism, guys, or rather just his talking points on Twitter. But think about the kind of thing that is extremism. Literally, you are dividing people by party lines in a dangerous way. Not just that they're disagreeing with you, but that they are dangerous because of their beliefs. As I said, at one point, not very long ago, it was regarded as ignorance. To broad brush an entire group of people as one thing. doesn't matter where they are, what kind they are, what color they are, what they believe in. We always used to agree that to just go, everybody that thinks this thing is this way. That's blatant Ignorance. Sad, this is now commonplace within the two-party paradigm. I should be more specific and say more commonplace in the corporate media. But as I said, corporate media is normalizing extremism while blaming those who are actually being objective. In fact, as I've said a few times lately, objectivity is what they frame as extremism today. Really think about how crazy that is. So you're standing back going, well, I don't know. I'm, you know, that could kill people. That vaccine could be dangerous. I'm going to hold out and and do the research. And here's some science that challenges what you're saying. That's dangerous. Not saying this thing is safe when you know it's not, right? No, it's dangerous to go. Maybe I'm going to keep researching and speak about it. No, that's you're killing people. All about making it in the context of this saying that, I don't know, I feel like I believe in the Constitution. I believe that, let's just even take the points they hate out, that the election was taken, that they stole it, which, by the way, happens every damn year from all sides, by the way. But the reality being, that oh, we think this happened. Yeah, you're an extremist. Objectivity is extremism in their minds, and this is where it's going. But the point is, guys, all of this is being used to blame the people that might take the bait. Whoever that may be, I believe it's the Q movement, MAGA, whoever might step up and think that they should take action here, which I'm not saying don't take action, but don't walk into the action they present you with. Here's He goes even further. Here's uh, General Michael Hayden, who you might remember, former director of the CIA, NSA. I agree, and I was the CIA director. Oh, because that means you know, right? So it's okay to broad brush an entire... So you're telling me that there's no light... No variation between any Republican anywhere in the world. I just can't get past how. I mean, I just there's no but there's no there's not a word good enough for this. It's not just stupid because they know what they're doing. It is alarming. This is sinister. This is malvoyant. They're trying to create a situation that drive people into hating each other while saying that we are creating that. But because this guy's in, you know intelligence guy it makes it a little bit more concerning here's just the way back machine just in case he tries to revamp that but here's where i see this going right we already saw the trump discussion the, the fbi and the warrants and everything and i i look I, i'm gonna hold by what i said by the way he already seeing where this is now i don't know what ultimately will happen i do see that like i'll just say to show you this right now where former trump is saying he's hinting at major announcements by the way i said this to my brother on the phone today i hate this why, why is it news to say we're gonna say something? <laughs> I can't stand that and that happens all the time. The announcement today is that we're going to make an announcement tomorrow. It's like just just that that's propaganda, that's politics right there. even if it ends up being something. The point is that they're gonna say something. He's going to preparing to make a response to the FBI search and how it's going to be about his rights and what's happening. And so we'll have to wait and see what happens. But the reality is that as we showed you the other day, they're trying to keep the affidavit not public while showing the warrant and so well that was weird. A lot of these pages do that now, even Daily Mail all the time, where they take you back to the homepage without telling. Yeah, it's weird. In any case, here's where I see this is from The Washington Post. Lawmakers demand data about online threats against law enforcement. So this is now using the act against Trump to point at the action around that and the outrage to say, "CC, we told you they are what we said they are. So not even the actual violence, but the discussion of how that was out of unprecedented is then then you then continuing to be used. Now, I'm not saying you should stop speaking, but just realize how what they're doing is being used to drive exactly what they want from you. It says, House Oversight Committee leaders called on eight social networks, including Meta, Facebook, Truth Social, Gab, to turn over details about how they're responding following FBI searches of Mar-a-Lago. The point is, online threats against law enforcement. I mean, do you not realize how silly this is? To... Take you take a partisan point, which is still valid, even though it's within the partisan discussion. The idea that from the other and this, by the way, I believe they want you to make these arguments in the old like ignore the bigger picture and dive into the obvious point to be made from within the partisanship. I feel like they want that and they want you to end the conversation there, which would be that. 30 seconds ago, the conversation was defund the police and this is from the left and that the entire thing bled out into some very aggressive statements and some very negative like i mean whether you want to go negativity or outright threats of violence against the police you've i mean this is constant it was everywhere or black lives matter discussions around their violent. i mean openly threatening the police that's okay but now we have a discussion about the police wildly overstepping or the law enforcement in regard to trump and people get upset about that and all they're going to do is investigate aggressively whether they have even said things that could go against the i mean how do you not see this as one-sided now, again, I argue that's a means to an end to make them upset about how one sided it is. It is so that they take violent action, take action, just not violent action, in my opinion. But isn't that interesting? Investigating this house panel seek social media data on FBI threats made at the Trump search. So now all, also it's sort of a backdoor way to be able to just completely scoop up any social media data they ever want anytime, which, by the way, is already there. That's a way of just making you see that it's happening without being upset about it. Oh, yeah, we take your social media data all the time, no matter what, on FBI threats. How about the threats made on you by the FBI all the time? But that's a different conversation. But the frustrating part about this is how one sided this is. And I argue that this was meant to do this. Oh, what I was going to say before is I still argue that this is going to amount to nothing. I don't think Trump's going to do anything. I mean, they're going to talk a lot. But I could be wrong. We'll have to wait and see what his big announcement is. But I also don't think anything's going to happen in reverse. I think it's like the Clinton discussion where there's all this big you know, bluster and both sides have things to say and then it never really goes anywhere. What's that going to mean for you when that happens? Ask yourselves that. Does that mean it was all a distraction? Well, it's a good question. But we'll have to wait and see what he says, I guess, tomorrow. I'm not sure. Major announcement. Maybe it already happened. Let me know in the chat if it already came out. But here's where I see this going. And this is a great little clip by, um, oh, shoot. Um... I'm totally spacing on her name. Let me know. Give me your name in the chat. It doesn't say it right here. I'm sure it'll say it in the clip. But uh, she did. Oh, there it is. Rachel Blevins. She used to work with the, the Free Thought Project. She does great, great little clips. Here is a, a an RT clip about the CIA asset admitting, if you believe that's what he is, that he was sent there by the CIA. Now, I'm saying that because you, there's, you can't prove it outside of him saying that. But the reality is I we know, as a matter of fact, that that is what has happened. Here's the article you can read, one of many I've written, not just Azov. Documents prove the CIA, or rather the OSS, until 1953, which became the CIA, has been cultivating fascism in Ukraine since at least 1948. Project Aerodynamic, they built the whole damn thing, and it's still holding on today. It's, it's not hard to see. Let's watch this clip, because the reality is, it's never been more clear than right now. Of course I checked. That's frustrating. Hold on. Dang, I did forget it. Went through every single one. Oh, that's right. Wait a minute. I was trying to do give me one second here. I forget what happened with that. The Instagram download. No, I'm pretty sure I got that. I'll grab it again just in case. Here it is. Now, what this is a uh, an important clip. Oh, that's why now i see why here we go
6: presence of neo-nazis in ukraine is nothing to be concerned about according to mainstream outlets in the u.s who have been quick to try to label the problem as nothing more than russian propaganda despite reporting on it themselves just a few years ago But what would they say if one of those nationalists was an American citizen, and if he claimed that he was sent to Ukraine by the CIA? Well, that's the case with Kent McClellan, who prefers to go by his nickname, Boneface.
5: You know, there's
7: a lot of hype about the FBI sending me over there, but that's not the FBI that does that. It was central intelligence that got me involved in that.
6: Now that is a serious claim. And while the CIA has yet to publicly respond, McClellan attempted to take back his statement, insisting he had been misunderstood just one day after the interview. So was it a coincidence or did he just get a phone call from the right people? Well, a closer look at his neo-Nazi career sheds more light on those carelessly spoken words about the CIA. McClellan is a 32-year-old man from Florida whose interest in Nazi ideology reportedly began when he was a teenager. His criminal record started in 2010 when he was 18, and it ranges from vandalism to battery involving immigrants. He was also among members from the white supremacist organization American Front who were arrested by the FBI in 2012. And it was those early run-ins with the law that appeared to make McClellan even more radical as he began to accumulate numerous tattoos that include Nazi symbols and would eventually cover his entire face. A former member of Ukraine Security Services claims it was in 2014 that McClellan made his first trip to Ukraine, where he worked with the neo-Nazi group Right Sector during the Western-backed Maidan coup.
7: The nationalist scene over here in the United States has never had it put together. You know what I mean? There, it's, it's totally different than what Ukraine has going on. Uh, I was attracted to it.
6: He was also mentioned in a 2020 report from a local North Carolina newspaper titled The Lost Boys of Ukraine, which looked at how American white supremacists were attracted to the growing neo-Nazi movement there.
2: And we reported from that exact article, by the way.
6: The report specifically noted that McClellan, who was given internet access for good behavior during his sentence in 2016, openly claimed he was working with the right sector on foreign recruitment while in prison. Now, you may be wondering how and why a man who had been in and out of prison for years made his trips to Ukraine and back so freely. Well, that's something the CIA just happens to be notoriously known for being very helpful with. He has also said that he wasn't the only American involved and that there were several other English speakers like himself who came together to help form the infamous Azov Battalion in 2014.
7: Uh, Particularly when the Azov Battalion, you know, back then formed, uh, Unit 3 was all English speakers. So a lot of people from Norway, Finland, things like that. And, of course, America...
2: Now, now does that sound like an organic... Ukrainian movement, right? When it, when it, from its very creation of the like the official Azov battalion, that it's mostly outside. Now, yes, they started as a volunteer battalion, right? But the idea is that they're trying to frame it now as some kind of Ukraine. Like the bottom line is this was an outside created entity. That's what I'm trying to say. And it's very clear. I know I've said it a million times, but we need to understand that this was from whole cloth created long before 2014. But 2014 is when they made it into what it is now become in regard to the influencing outside parties like the rise above movement in charlottesville right that's their international arm in the united states It's on the record they say it openly they've had meetings they've gone to ukraine themselves and charlottesville being the beginning of the whole discussion of the right the unite the right and the, the white supremacy nazi problem in this country which is weirdly connected right back to a cia grown thing in ukraine what do you know it's meant to be blamed on people in this country
6: So just how prevalent is the neo-Nazi ideology in the U.S.? Well, in some cases, it appears to be hiding in plain sight, with dozens of far-right nationalist bands and artists streaming on Spotify until at least 2017. Oh, and that includes the artist known as Boneface, who prefers to share both his face full of tattoos and his Nazi-themed musical stylings on SoundCloud. A story that comes with more questions than answers, including whether the CIA was as involved as the man said they were and how many similar cases are out there of American neo-Nazis visiting Ukraine to learn firsthand before returning home to the U.S. where they can continue to recruit freely.
2: Hmm. Hard to miss. Now, again, I'll recommend this article or anything else in regard to just look up, just type in Azov in general and you'll find a lot of discussions here. How uh, this has been going on for a long time. The aerodynamic document, which I grabbed that last time, I could do it again for you guys in case you want to check it out. Project Aerodynamic, it's it's undeniable. This is on ca. CIA.gov. right? And it very clearly, undeniably, in very clear text, outlines how they want to build a fascist entity to use against the Soviets, which which you know later was continued to be used against the Russian government. They they brought over an actual Nazi to lead this group and set him up in New York and in Ukraine. He ran an entire company called Prolog in New York. Ask yourself how that makes sense, right? You're and this is a guy that was running from the law in Poland and elsewhere. When it, it's, it's I can go on forever. It's an open Nazi war criminal. It was the basis for this. They took a group called the uh, Ukrainian Na- organization, the Na- um, organization of Ukrainian nationalists, the OUN, and they took that group that was already basically gone. And they blew, now that is a became a huge group that they created, and that was the impetus for what became the Azov movement, and so on and so on. It's undeniable. Now, the reality is that that's just one way that your media, or I shouldn't say it like that, the media. I'm talking about the U.S. government, but anywhere rally, really, the Western corporate media or any corporate media for that matter is actively trying to divide you so they can blame these things on you whether they even know that's what they're doing or not. Here, Bruce points something out, he just references this article that I think is absolutely ridiculous. College students, according to this, this article anyway, unwilling to room with someone who votes differently. 62% of Democrats, 28% of Republicans, which one, very clearly shows you that the Democrats are far more willing, uh, less willing to dorm with somebody who doesn't believe with them, which does speak to a far more closed-minded perspective, just based on this one poll. But the reality being that, ultimately whatever the other point you take from this but that the, that the media are the ones driving that divide right if i'm over here screaming two-party illusion how in the world am i creating that divide right that's the point we're trying to make here as and i said as they say we are dividing the nation it's the corporate media that are normalizing extremism on a daily basis they just label anyone objectively pointing that out as extremists and it's the same point made before about the Republicans being the biggest extremist bad guys. You are framing one half of what you claim is the whole two-party paradigm and saying that they are the most dangerous people alive. I mean, how else do you see that but literally creating extremism? And then when somebody goes out and takes violent action against them, well, now it's my fault for misinforming them about vaccines that creates violence. I mean, how this is backwards and broken. Here's an example to bring this over into the vaccine part of this conversation where that's happening too. Mark. And what's interesting is this is an old account, which apparently is no longer there. Here's the new account just simply has a hash, a little underscore between it as opposed to not. But it says I can speak for most vaccinated people, which, no, you can't. I don't know why anybody would so hubristically say that. But, and say I take great joy in seeing unvaccinated people excluded from parts of society. Now, we know that is something that they've gloated about. Like, you don't deserve it because you're a gross person who won't wear a mask and you're not fighting for, you know, that it's okay to hurt them, to penalize them, to kick them out of society, to put them in jail. Many people in Canada wanted. I mean, this is the kind of extremism that they created, not me. That's the extremism. Here's his account, by the way, just if you want to skim really quickly and realize that that one's not there, but you'll find a whole bunch of other comments that are just as one-sided and just as willfully ignorant about what's going on about the vaccine and about how people that don't do it they're supposed to are terrible people right so it's, the, the sentiment is there but this brings us to the argument or the discussion of the baffling excess death problem that people like Mark over there want to ignore you know plug their ears stomp their feet and act like everyone's bad except me as everyone aroused them dies but it's all because the unvaccinated with no evidence to back that up you know that's how this tends to go lockdown effects the article reads on Telegraph Yesterday, or excuse me, two days ago, lockdown effects feared to be killing more people than COVID. Now, first of all, here's the insulting part about this. What they're doing here is trying to cover up excess death by using an argument that the anti vaxxers used, quote unquote, from the beginning of this, that the lockdown would kill people more so than the than protect them. And they scream that you were an uninformed conspiracy theorist, just like literally everything else they shouted down, which they're now admitting to. How embarrassing they must see that to some degree and it must eat them alive people like Ryan Stelter get fired so you know you know that it's coming down in some degree but the point is that this is more about the problems that the injections created but the for, the point overall is that it, it, the lockdowns did play a role in that and now they're willing to admit that and sh- and make themselves look that stupid just so they don't have to acknowledge the real problem and that's how this tends to work but yes, the lockdowns absolutely added more problems. People didn't get treated properly, and so on and so on. But what you're going to notice here is they try to act like the unexplained deaths are because of the lockdowns. But then they go on to say, "But yeah, it was cancers and heart problems." Well, okay, then that would be going down as cancer and heart problems. It wouldn't be we don't know, right? If you didn't go to get your cancer treated, you wouldn't go in a, a year later, and they would be like, "We're baffled." <laughs> they would say you have bad cancer, so that wouldn't go down as an unexplained problem. So it's it, they're they're not even connecting with their. their their core argument. Doesn't that show you? I mean, if you're making an argument that's so easily disconnected, I don't think they have much else. But let's start with just the idea of the lockdown and the fact that it's on the Telegraph. Figures for excess deaths from the ONS show that around 1,000 more people than usual are dying every week in the UK from conditions completely unrelated to the virus. That's what they're saying. So it's not COVID nineteen, but we're baffled about what could possibly be causing this. And nowhere, not even once, is it considered, asked, mentioned, or even you know, even tangentially concluded that the vaccine could have been any way, any way playing a part. Nothing. The most obvious correlative point that has been given to all these different people multiple times—that's never been done before in history. But that's not even asked. How do you not see how transparent that is? Or I guess. The opposite of transparent. But it says over the last two months, the number of excess deaths not from COVID dwarfs the number linked to the virus. That's incredible. Gee, I wonder what it could be. It comes amid renewal call renewed calls for COVID measures, such as compulsory face masks in the winter. Oh, and lockdowns. So while they're admitting that lockdowns might have not have been a good choice because that's the only thing they can blame the excess death on, they're already going amid as we call for more of them. You don't have an argument when you're trapped in this position. So lockdowns hurt people, and that's why it's not the vaccine. But we're gonna call for lockdowns again when something rises again, which is literally gonna happen. That's not going away. No matter how much they point at this to just to pretend the vaccine's not hurting people, they're gonna call for lockdowns and they already are the moment that they want to. I mean, that there's no way an honest person could be writing this article and be like, that makes sense, unless they're completely brainwashed or in a cult or mass psychosis or who know, I guess that could be a rant, an answer. I just don't believe that. It says, but the fit, not that that's happening, but that they could not see this, but the figure suggests the country is facing a new silent health crisis. Oh, a silent health crisis. You mean, aside from me screaming at the top of my lungs and the top every single day, look at this problem that you're creating. And along with everybody else in the corporate media, right? Not just me over here going, I was the only one that saw this. Nobody else. Look at us first. Look at me. The independent media, a lot of us were on this long before this, and most of us didn't get a shot and then change our minds. But it says linked to the pandemic response rather than the virus itself. Again, right? It's the response that did it, the response that we're now going to use again in just a moment. (laughs) How do you buy that? It's embarrassing. Although 469 deaths were because of COVID, and again, that is questionable in and of itself, because of PCR tests, because of everything else they tell you that they could have a test, then get die in a car accident and so on. But they say the remaining 881 have not been explained. Now that's a bit different, isn't it? Not that it was, oh, just a cancer that we didn't get treated in time and now we're treating it today, or my heart problem that I didn't get treated until today. No, Nothing. They died, and there's no explanation. Of course, that goes down as SADS, which literally means we don't know. Sudden adult death syndrome is a catch-all category for literally unexplained death. It's easy to look up. That's what it is. So then when somebody gets, quote, diagnosed with SADS, which is what people are saying today, it's not a diagnosis. It's an absence of a diagnosis. But it says, and the ONS does not break down the remaining deaths by cause. Oh, I wonder why. If it hasn't been explained, it wasn't cancer. If it hasn't been explained, it wasn't something you didn't treat in time. It's an unexplained death, which usually indicates that it's something else, like an injection. But here's the next article going into the same point, and it takes it from a little bit of a different angle. Silent crisis of soaring excess deaths gripping Britain is only tip of the iceberg. It says that Britain is in the grip of a new silent health crisis. It's only silent because you guys don't talk about it, or rather only in a certain way. For 14 of the past 15 weeks, England and Wales have averaged around 1,000 excess deaths each week, none of which are due to COVID. Now, think about the timing of when they stopped showing you the data from the UK Health Security Agency that was proving to you, proving to you that this was happening, that the, the it was almost three to four times more likely that you were going to get sick and spread it if you had multiple boosters in your body, multiple shots. And that the deaths and the risk per 100,000 and the majority was all heavily slanted on the side of the people with the injections. And they just stopped showing you that because they, quote, say, we're misunderstanding it. And then, like, a blink of the eye later, they go, whoa, we have all this extra death and we can't explain it. Well, had you not hid the data, well, this would have been an easy transition into, well, obviously, that's what this is. But that's why they left you a gap of time there where they weren't showing you because they wanted you to forget that the data was pointing in this obvious direction. If the current trajectory continues, they say, get this, the number of non-COVID excess deaths will soon outstrip deaths from the virus this entire year and be even more deadly than the Omicron wave. Think about that. More deadly than the completely undangerous, mild, below-flu-level risk Omicron, which I'll show you again in a minute. It's only deadly to the people that are claiming is Omicron, but it's actually a vaccine problem. That's the reality based on all the data, in my opinion, of course. But the point is that these are going to outshadow even the COVID death they're claiming. And that's using PCR test manipulations and everything else and combining flu and pneumonia. And even then, the unexplainable deaths in this country, in the UK, are going to outpace the things that they're giving the shot for to stop. And that's what they're, I mean, this is a self, uh, what's the right way to cause problem, I guess, but this is the solution being worse than the problem. And the worst part of it is I think they know that. As it says down here, quote, we are beginning to see the deaths that result from delay and deferment of treatment from other conditions like cancer and heart disease and from those associated with poverty and and deprivation. Okay, again, explain that to me. So how is it that we don't know, right? That where did it say right there? Shoot. Shoot. Anyway, the point is, that I can't see it, but the point is that deaths that we don't know. Unexplained death, right? The point is that we're, uh, I think it was in the other article, and it's the same. They're, as you can see, they're even referencing the telegraph right there. So this is the same post they're referencing, and the point is in this one is they're telling you that they don't know what they are. Unexplained deaths. But how can they be unexplained, and yet it was because they didn't get their cancer treated? You get the point, same point. But they're, this, they're, the experts are going, yeah, well, it was cancers and heart disease. Okay, well, then how do you explain the fact that the unknown cause is the number one killer in Alberta and places all over the place? It's not unknown if it was cancer. I mean, this is just as blatant as it can get. Well, I think there's one more part. Yeah, down here it says it is time that we had a proper national debate about this with a full government investigation. Well, that won't find anything, especially since the government's the one hiding this. But the point is they don't want investigation. They want you to take it face value that this is something that is exactly what, you know, what they tell you it is. It's all those people that didn't do what they were told or, you know, in, in this case, that did what they were told and got hurt because of it. But we were doing what we thought was right. It's just incredible. And there's examples literally everywhere. Here is Viva Frey. Unexplained death, excess deaths in New Brunswick. Ill-defined or unknown causes. Now, leading cause of death in Alberta. And this news about excess deaths out of England. It's a mystery. An absolute mystery. A mystery that people were predicting two years ago. Crimes against humanity. It's just that blatant. Here's another example. Deaths in 10 to 14 year olds are 11.7% above the average in this country. This is UK still. 30 to 34 are 11% above average. 35 to 39 are 12.5% above, double with double digit above average in 55 to 64 year olds. We are worryingly seeing more deaths than you would expect in young age groups. But don't forget the point they just made in the Telegraph. We're about to outpace the deaths they even claim they're coming from COVID from unexplained death. This is a massive, massive cover up
5: talk about excess deaths because it's always an interesting subject you've been looking at some of the figures that have been coming out um recently compared to the sort of covid years tell us what you found yeah so let's start with just explaining what excess deaths are so you can look at how many people are are dying in a particular week of the year or the total year overall and then have a look at well how many people were dying in previous years now we we tend to cut out 2020 and 2021 when we're looking at these comparisons mike because we did see the covid pandemic kind of put a step change in all the figures so they're a bit abnormal from what you would expect so you can look at 2015 to 2019 and then compare what we're seeing now and 2022 might has been a tale of two halves, the first half of the year we were seeing deaths generally across the country below average mm. for the time of year and don't forget we saw big rises in 2020, 2021 not unexpected because people obviously who may have tragically died earlier on in the pandemic may have been dying now so that was the first half of the year then week 15 hit and what we've seen since then is the number of deaths above average creeping up and up and up, and they've been kind of running above average now for for about 15, 16 weeks. And this is across a range of different age groups because if we look at it by age group, we've got 10 to 14 year olds, they're 11.7% above average. You've got 30 to 34 year olds, 11% above average. 35 to 39 year olds, they're 12.5% above average. You've got double-digit above average in the 55 to 59. 60 to 64 year olds. The biggest increase above average, Mike, is the 75 to 79 year olds. Now, one thing to treat with caution when you look at that figure is with a large number of births after the Second World War. Last couple of years, a large number of those have crept over into that 75 to 79 age group. So you've got more of them than what we had in the last say five or six years. So that's explaining it. But the Department of Health have been citing some reasons for this. Mike saying circulatory diseases, which include heart issues and diabetes, so they could be some of the factors at play in terms of these excess deaths.
2: I mean, what a dishonest argument, though. How can they be unexplained if you're arguing they have an explanation? You don't go in with a problem of of diabetes or whatever else, and they go, we're confused about what's causing this. They go, oh, it's diabetes, and you let it go on. It's cancer, and it got too bad. That's how that works. I don't even understand how it's a straight-faced argument to say that these unexplained deaths are because lockdown, yet they're explained before you go in. I mean, this is painful. And I mean, the reality is, is I put, I'm, this is a uh, on the high wire, the same clip I played many times before, but it has a little bit longer included, is where in the FDA meeting, they openly discuss that they do not have a correlate of protection. As I said, it's staggering that they can admit that there's no established correlate of protection. And yet it continues. What that means is that Pfizer does see a clinical response, as Fauci only holds on to, yet has no idea if it's the correct response. That's not my opinion. That's what that means. As in making the wrong antibodies. If they don't have any correlative of protection, it means that we see a response and there's no correlation with that response and what protection we claim. We just assume that means protection. And that's why he asked this, and this is her response.
0: In a difficult
8: situation, quickly, and it's hard to generate sufficient information to know exactly what the right path is. So... Regarding your murine data, uh, you showed the intention of neutralizing uh, antibodies against BA4 and 5. Were you able to challenge the mice to show that you had protected the mice against clinical disease? Uh, do you have an opinion as to what your correlative protection is in humans? And thirdly, have you made use of any human in vitro
1: models to assess your vaccines? Thank you.
9: So to answer, thank you, Dr. Levy, for the question. To answer the first... um,
2: For those in the podcast, this is is the vice president of viral vaccines for Pfizer.
9: No, we have not challenged the mice. Uh, These data just became available uh, this morning. So we wanted to share the late breaking of all of the totality of evidence that we have on variant modified vaccines.
2: And this is June 28th, 2022.
9: Uh, So these are to show the breadth of neutralization um, whether you're talking about a BA1 modified or a BA4 modified vaccine compared to prototype. And then can you repeat the, the second question?
8: I do I mean, obviously you have a lot of data now. What is your prolific for, for protection is? Everybody's measuring antibodies; they're probably relevant, but it's-
2: see, now before the guy cuts him off, what he's getting at is the same point we're keep making right? Obviously antibodies are relevant, but just because they make antibodies does not mean that that translates into protection. It could be the wrong antibodies. It could be made, the the injection could be made incorrectly. The bottom line is, unless you can prove that that translates into protection, which by the way, real world, we're seeing that's not true. They're being forced to admit this right now, but he's asking that point blank. And this is her response. we know, (laughs) that's a long question. We need a quick answer. (laughs)
9: I would say there is no established correlate of protection.
2: My god. And by the way, just since we're talking about it, here's another clip from the same uh, discussion in the same meeting where they admit that they don't really even know how the vaccine works. And this is not being made up, guys. I know that's crazy to hear if you're stepping into the conversation, but listen to them for yourself. And this is you can look this up on their own meeting website or on the on YouTube or wherever else they post these meetings. I had the link in the first time I played this clip.
8: How should we think of micrograms in terms of the amount of spike protein that's produced by the cells. Can you kind of clarify that? Obviously, we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response. Obviously, we don't have a complete understanding of the nature of the way that the vaccine works in terms of producing immune response.
2: In terms of producing an immune response, which again is the point. It's about whether or not it actually creates the response that they want. In that case, what he's admitting is we don't know exactly how that works, but it does create a response, so we act like we're good. And then that response, though, we don't even use to make sure we can prove that it causes something beneficial, right? So all they have is this, I guess, crapshoot in the middle where they make something happen. They go, good, walk away. We're safe. Safe and effective. That's them speaking. I mean, it's absolutely baffling. Now, the first two clips uh, that I played in that regard were Tim Tim Truth, the one that found those. You can see his name there at the top. Shout out to that because he's the one watching those and breaking them down. But here is the, the fallout in regard to the other things, not just the unexplained deaths, but how about the dramatic increase in all the things that they admit can happen? Super rare, right? Don't forget that. We're admitting. Super rare, though, but it can cause myocarditis. We know it's not super rare, but they admit that it can. They admit that it can cause Guillain-Barre syndrome. It can cause Bell's palsy, but super rare. Okay, fine. They admit that even though it's not super rare, the data shows that, but just on the record, they admit that it can do that. Then totally disconnected from that, we see a 291% spike in Bell's palsy after these things, but totally not the same reason though, right? So it can cause it. And here we see this massive increase after you administer these things around the world, but they're not connected, you conspiracy theorists. Now, I'm not saying I can prove that's the case, but how can you act like nobody is, that it's okay that nobody asked that question? Here's the breakdown. 279% spike in miscarriages. 487% spike in breast cancer. 551% spike in Guillain-Barre syndrome. 269% spike in myocardital infarction. 2468% spike in pulmonary embolism, 291% spike in Bell's palsy, 437% spike in ovarian dysfunction, 680% spike in multiple sclerosis. We did it! We finally beat COVID, even though that's not actually even what happened. As they put, this is what success looks like. And then, yes, of course, I did. Make sure I found this because it's not going to just show you a meme picture because that's not what we do on this channel. But here is the actual link to the actual DMED data, which you can prove that comes directly from the government that shows you that this is happening. These are your increases. Now, you can argue that it's totally unrelated. Must be the lockdown. But then you have to admit that they're telling you that these injections can cause these things. So at the very least, it's part of the problem, right? Not according to them. And as Sean points out, and I, I see these days, I see you never know. This could be a parody account for all we know. But I do know people are out there that do hold these opinions. He responds and says, yes, awful. Almost all caused by COVID. Pretty obvious. Luckily, most people get the jab and are not also dead. Oh, good. So it just stops you from dying, except when you die, though. <laughs> Those don't work. Good thing I had the I didn't die twice. The point is that these are arguably, according to people in the narrative, that all because of COVID-19. And by the way, those things are, there's a couple of these have connections with some peer-reviewed science, but there's an overwhelming body of evidence that shows you these things are very clearly connected to the injection. But see yet we lean into the undefined and ignore the peer-reviewed? Of course, because that's science, right? Only in COVID clown world. As Peter McCullough also points out, they skipped mute, mutagenic testing. Of course, because that's safe and effective, right? And now our known are known to be long-lasting in the body with spike issues in the tissues, which we've already talked about. It's not, it doesn't go away. It's not only in the arm. These things are circulating in your body, and they continue to be produced, and it goes on for a while, within 24 hours. And he it goes, it's in your tissues with, uh, with uh, more than a year. And now this, this study described in Silico, uh, page 53, and this other, these other inactions referencing the point is simply that recurrent cancers after taking them every six months is a bona fide concern. And here's here's a, you can type this in if you want to look it up. New and recurrent cancers after studies suggest immune changes. Now, there's an endless amount of research coming out now showing you this stuff. And it's not just cancers, but it's the fact that these things exacerbate all sorts of other problems and destroy your immune system, which then also lead to other problems, which they also dismiss as not related. Now, here's what Fauci had to say. Now, this, uh, by the way, I forget the date. Let's see, make sure we get the date on this, at least when it was posted, is January 2022. Now, here is something that's going to upset you, first of all, in regard to how they dismiss the Veyer's data. They blatantly lie to you, and it's absolutely insulting to your intelligence. But as this person says as well, a full display of dishonesty is criminal and infuriating. Watch the dance, this dance couple, uh, uh, respond to clueless senator on January 11th. That's also the craziest part about it, right? That it's the senator asking these questions, which you'll see. How, that, how in the world that he doesn't know this stuff? that we're the ones screaming about this as average people and people in positions as senators in Congress are still un- in the dark because they're also the people blindly following what they're told and acting like they're in the know. It's crazy. But check this out.
7: Very good job. I really do. This this is an extraordinary virus, the likes of which we have not seen even close to in well over
2: 100 years. I mean, we all know that's not true. I mean, how in the world can be less dangerous than the flu? But it's just because it's easy to keep you going on. Even though it's not dangerous, it's just different and scary and we don't understand. But take this injection we did because we know everything about that.
7: It is a very wily virus. It has fooled everybody all the time.
2: I mean, again, just the same point. Think about that. So we don't really understand this and we keep thinking we know, but we don't. But take the thing we based on our earliest understanding of this now. We don't know how it works, though, and it's fooling us and we're making mistakes all over the place. But take the thing we made based on our very first understanding of this, if you can even call it an understanding. I mean, why does that make sense to anybody? He just admitted that we don't even know what this thing is really doing and we're confused. And they'll admit that this thing's changing. And Okay, so why take an injection based on a computer screen printout of what they said the genetic code was from China from the very, very beginning? It's on Moderna's website. Within days, they already made the injection. They already started putting it out. They already started injecting it with people a month later. Then China admits that we never even isolated it at that time. You can argue that afterwards. I don't think they did. The point is that it's still based on computer uh, information that came from China in the very beginning. But yeah, China bad guy though, right? That was during Trump's administration that happened. I mean, there's just no missing how obvious that is.
7: From the time it first came in to Delta to now Omicron, very unpredictable, and
10: we're doing the best we possibly can. Yeah. Dr. Walensky, it's been reported by some virologists and scientists that this year around 170 people have died from taking the regular flu vaccine. The Vaccine Advisory Adverse Reporting System reported that the number of people dying after or following the COVID vaccine is actually in the thousands. Now, this is what I'm hearing. <laughs> wow. I'll give you a chance <laughs> to refute that or confirm it here. You know, is this true? Are we having that many people die after taking one of these vaccines?
9: Senator Tuberville, thank you for that question. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is a mandatory system of any adverse event that happens after being vaccinated. So if you get hit by a car tragically after getting vaccinated, that gets reported in the Vaccine Adverse Reporting System. That-
2: Guys, let me say it now th- that is 100 percent false. 100 percent. Now, is it possible that some overzealous doctor could do that? Of course, you can write whatever you want. But the point is, these doctors today are barely even reporting people that are collapsing in front of them. We've seen this left and right because they're afraid to be called out for things. They're afraid to lose their job. They know they're not supposed to. The bottom line is, they're bar- anything happens for 15 minutes? Or ha- how about the fact that most of these aren't even happening in a doctor's office? They're happening at Walgreens or the Waffle House. We've seen all these ridiculous circumstances. Or in the parking lot where they're administering injections and they'll have no way to treat people. Are we really going to pretend that that nurse attendant that barely knows what's happening is going to care about an- how they even know if they get in a car accident? I mean, I mean, think about the logic breakdown there. How does the doctor know they got in a car accident? Are they going to call the doctor and say he got in a car accident, it was the vaccine? And they're going to go, oh, okay, I'll write that down. No, they're going to be like, no, it wasn't. You, you, could call, you could say that he had a rash half the time, they go, probably not. I mean, it's just so willfully dishonest. And then how about you ask the same point in reverse and say, well, are you going to admit that's what you're doing around COVID cases and COVID deaths? Well, no, 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 they won't say that. People have, because that is what's happening. This is a blatant lie. The reality is, and even if that is the truth, but I'm telling you it's not, the truth is that they know that it's only 1% of the total. So you can't just downplay it and act like, no, it's not true. The whole point of the system is that it's an underrepresentation and that you don't have to prove them. As the UK said in 2006, it's just a signal. If you get enough of them, whether proven or not, it's enough to shut these things down. They all know that, and they're running scared from that easily provable fact. Oh, well, that was weird. Did you see that? <laughs> that wasn't even my mouth. Okay, whatever.
10: People die after taking one of these vaccines.
2: Senator
9: Tuberville, thank you for that question. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is a mandatory system of any adverse event that happens after being vaccinated.
2: Again, just is, is getting in a car accident an adverse event? I mean, how do you even how do you even argue that?
9: So if you get hit by a car tragically after getting vaccinated, that gets reported in the vaccine adverse avoiding system, the, the their system. So the vaccines are incredibly safe. They um, protect us against Omicron. They protect us against uh, Delta. They protect us against COVID. Isn't
2: it funny that that's clearly not true, right? So here she is lying about something else and just pushing the same old mantra. Look, this is January 11th. A lot has changed now that it's August and that they're being forced to, well, yeah, vaccinated people and unvaccinated people have the same guidance. You know, it doesn't stop transmission literally at all. Not some, not a little, not at all. And in fact, it has dramatically increased risks of all sorts of other things. We won't talk, they're, they're not admitting that just yet. But it doesn't to protect you against Delta. It doesn't protect you against Omicron. That's a fake news story. They're spreading misinformation. And guess what? It's been exposed that she knew while she was sitting there that she was lying to you.
9: They don't protect us against every other form of mortality out there.
2: Do we keep? I mean, who, who's even saying that? I mean, see, why, why? See, that's her. That's her trying to drill in the idea that people go out and die from the things, and it gets called in. In you know, you know what's it, by, by the way, on a side point. You know that they did actually argue that there's been actual studies, and even the CDC referenced it about the fact that it lowers your overall mortality risk in every other sense. That was an actual discussion, <laughs> but but she contradicts that argument now to make something else because nothing is sacred to these absolute liars.
10: The numbers of people that died following taking a COVID test from taking this vaccine—do we have any idea? I'm just asking.
9: I- I'm sorry. Those who have died after taking died a COVID following
10: test? taking the vaccine—is there any? number count we keep records on that that died of just uh from
9: absolutely yes i I couldn't give you then the absolute number off the top of my head but our staff could absolutely get back in touch with you
2: oh so hearing literally about these injections and whether they're dangerous you know i don't i don't know off the top of my head not sure well it's the Bayer system that's what that is and that's how and the point is they're not proving or verifying any of them so that's why she's going to say she doesn't know i'll get back to you because she's going to say whatever couched arbitrary number they decide to say when the reality is that they don't know because they're choosing not to look which is what steve kirch has already proven they're choosing not to do what they need to do in any context to prove whether or not or even indicate whether or not the vaccine was included by not doing so they're making sure they don't see anything the vaccine was included with because it ends up being guess what unexplained that's the proof unexplained we don't know Sads, make it Sids, make it Sads, make it uh, the top killer unexplained death. That's what all this amounts to. Do
10: you know Dr. Fauci? do you have any clue on that? About how many died? After? 100? I don't know the number, but I think it's really
2: important for people. You can... So Brown. you don't know how many people are dying, but you're pushing it anyway though. Huh.
10: Microphone. I'm
7: sorry. I don't have a number, but I think part of the confusion is that when you do a reporting, if you get vaccinated, and you walk out and get hit by a car. Oh, the same argument that is considered yeah. a debt. I mean,
2: so they clearly trained this into them. There's clearly a talking point. They know they're supposed to say when this question gets put to them, even if you're repeating the literal same line that you just heard her say, because that's all they got. They know that's not true. And again, the point is, even if that was true, you're still are talking about an, a verifiable, according to the HHS and Harvard, under count of the number. So the fact that the way they dismiss this, it just doesn't get more dishonest than that. They know that. It's like Fauci arguing that natural immunity doesn't mean anything today, except you can see the clip of when he said that's all that matters. This is a dishonest person at the core of this discussion. Now, here's just, by the way, the clip, the, the, the link to before they came. or oh, actually, this is the one after they came out with it. The day before they did their mea culpa, which, by the way, I'm really mad at myself for missing this typo. I already talked about how they were losing everything. You know, we all see it. They're completely lost themselves in this. It's very depressing in a way. Good though. Cause it shows you people are waking up to it, but here's another example of just their own documentation here. I mean, this is the document itself from, I forget the date. Let me get to the top of it real quick. It was December 10th, 2020. Okay. The FDA documentation. And as this person points out, can, they were considering that this was replying to a discussion about, uh, oh, it, discussing uh, Dijovic and tennis and so on and being punished for having. It. And he said it's astonishing, really, that he was punished by it, considering the jabs were never trialed to stop carriage shedding, i.e. transmission, the basis of the mandates. And we know this, it's not news, but it's just interesting. Thank you, Thomas, for pointing this out, that they knew. And this is just one of the many examples that show you that they knew from the beginning that it was never intended to stop transmission, despite them lying to you about it. And here's just the point directly from the FDA documentation. It says the FDA did not ask in its guidance. And Pfizer has has presented no evidence in its data today that the vaccine has any effect on virus carriage or shedding which is the fundamental basis for herd immunity. So this is the FDA going, that's not going to work. It says, we really, as of right now, do not have any evidence that it will have an impact social-wide on the epidemic. Yeah, so the FDA spoke up and said, well, that's not going to work. And people like Patrick Moore got shuffled to the side. And they shouted everybody down, pushed it on everybody, forced it on your children. And now they go, oh, looks like it doesn't stop transmission. Guess what? We just figured it out. They lied. They lied then, they lied throughout the middle, they lied now, and they're hoping you don't notice how criminally they lied to you. They knew from the beginning. In fact, they made sure, in my opinion, that it wouldn't even get looked at in the studies because they knew that maybe they didn't want it to. That's what we need to start asking, right? FDA documentation, we knew that it wouldn't stop the anything. It wouldn't even have an impact on what we're saying in regard to the epidemic, which later became called a pandemic. I mean, my God. And again, guys, we knew this already. This is just one of the most recent ones. Vaccine shedding specifically, and this is in the context of the spike protein, is proven. The science is very clear on this. And we've talked about it many times if you want to go through and look at our old discussions. Vaccine shedding data, vaccine shedding evidence, or rather just COVID vaccine shedding. And and this is the one that was censored by the, the CDC personally called out and asked Twitter to censor, right? Very real, obvious reasons why. Now, here's a study that came out from Thailand, pointing at something we all know, that this incredibly obvious, overwhelming risk of myocarditis is catastrophic, and it's happening all over the place. And of course, they put the study out, all they do is the unpublished study by COVID vaccine side effects for teenagers been misrepresented online. Oh, according to the, the opinion checkers. What was it? Well, no, in my opinion, not even remotely. But I'm gonna, in the interest of time, give you this thread to look at from uh, a, a niche Col- Coca MD saying the Thai myocarditis study has been fact checked by Associated Press, Reuters, and the fact check is shocking, missing some context. Now you can read through this, and the bottom line is that it's there's very important points that are being omitted. But most importantly, it's a very small study, 300 people, I guess, but. There is so much science around this that show you the risk here. And even the even if you argue it's a small risk, that there's no such thing as mild myocarditis. Before COVID-19, myocarditis was immediately life-threatening. It doesn't matter how, how small, how large, how long you've had it, that it's immediately rushed to the hospital. You might die serious in any context. But COVID-19 came along, oh, that's just for small things. No big deal. Let him go back to school. Let's just install defibrillators at children's hospital or children's parks. As somebody online tried to argue, well, their grandparents go with them sometimes, you conspiracy theorist. (laughs) Like I said on the tweet, think about the willful ignorance it takes to go, well, old people go sometimes, so that makes sense. By that logic, we should put defibrillators literally everywhere on the planet, because old people may go there, right? (laughs) That's the kind of broken logic you're finding people that want to dismiss the reality in front of them. But the point is, there's a lot of missing context. I know, shocking. But just to cut to the chase, there's an old article here that makes a really important point, old study, About the connection between the collapsing athletes, collapsing children, and the thing that they have admitted this injection can cause. Now, we've already shown you the connection between just heart problems, cardiac arrest, and the the collapsing anything. But this study, as he points to, as he says, there is a concern that exists from pre-pandemic times. That subclinical myocarditis, the very thing they tell you this vaccine can cause, may be important with regards to sudden cardiac arrest. What do you know? Well, well I, I'll show you first since we're there. Sudden death from myocarditis in young athletes. Look at that. There's your missing piece. Several studies have noted the frequency and importance of myocarditis in sudden and unexpected natural death in children and adolescents. What a shock. So that means that the fact that this injection, verifiably, even at the admission of the government, no matter how rare they claim, can cause myocarditis. Which, by the way, then means that this, according to this massive myoclinic study, myocarditis is a leading problem in why you have random, unexplained young athletes dropping. Okay, that's a conversation that was had. Now, let's turn around and acknowledge, not connected to the vaccine, of course, but this massive issue of unexplained young children collapsing. Is it is it impossible for us to connect those conversations? I mean, it would be pretty willfully ignorant to not go, wait a minute, we just established a connection between those two things. Nope. Not in Kobe clown world. We're not allowed to turn around and go, look, that's connected. That means myocarditis, which they said that can cause, can lead to these people collapsing. Nope. It's got to be SIDS or SADS, which means we don't know, which means it's anything but. Which means put your head in the sand and stop paying attention to the fact that this dangerous thing is killing your children. God, it makes me mad. He says this is the whole point of doing small surveillance studies after admission of vaccines to look for cardiac injury. He says, to summarize, the preprint of 300 children finds elevations in the sensitive biomarker of cardiac damage death and are elevated two times to 40 times after the second dose of Pfizer. It's undeniable what's happening and they're hiding it from people. The only people out there that are willfully hiding from this are people that don't want to admit that they hurt their own family or that they put their own lives at risk or that they don't want to admit they're wrong. I don't believe that's most people even remotely. But what we need are people out there that are starting to open their eyes to this to stand up and not be afraid to say it. Because God dang it, guys, this is right there in front of you. They are hurting children right now. Right this moment, there are kids being forced to be injected because their parents make them or because the school says so, and that's what's happening to them. And it makes me very sad. Three children are hospitalized and every everyone appears to recover completely, but long-term prognosis is unknown. And that's the main point. As we just talked about the idea of the two years later, right? That people will have these problems. And in this exact context, we'll just two years later have sudden death. That was in previous studies around this exact discussion, peer reviewed. That's why they act like 15 minutes later, nothing else counts. Ah, it makes me so sad. But read the thread for yourself. This is doing great work. Actually, oh, I am falling. Okay, good. But... We need to see this even at a surface level. Their own narrative exposes how broken this thing is. One message that needs to cut through all this.
11: The vaccines are safe. I got my shot. I did. I got the Johnson & Johnson uh, one-shot vaccine. CDC saying
2: people should not get the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. I know there have been reports in the past few days about a few people in a few different states feeling bad after they got a Johnson & Johnson shot. Reports of a possible rare
11: disorder, including blood clots, found in six women. One died.
2: We
5: continually hear stories about people who've received the vaccine, how protected they feel. Germany, France, Spain, and Italy suspending use of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, having received two doses of AstraZeneca. Possible side effects, including blood clots.
8: Of course, it's your individual
7: choice. Mandates are here. We didn't get to 93% without mandates.
10: Australian health authorities have now confirmed that the blood clot death of a 48-year-old woman
3: is most likely linked to the AstraZeneca vaccine. We've had now our second death uh, related to the AstraZeneca vaccine. The informed consent process provides the decision to the individual.
5: No, you must
10: get vaccinated. South
5: Australia's first case of fatal blood clotting. The Tasmanian man aged in his 40s has passed away. A Queensland man is in intensive care tonight suffering a blood clot. He's one of five similar cases around the country. At the current time, the use of the Pfizer vaccine uh, is preferred over the AstraZeneca vaccine. A major medical investigation is
11: underway. Local man suffered blood clots as a result of getting the Pfizer vaccine. To getting the Pfizer vaccine diagnosed with severe pericarditis the cdc has new guidance waiting longer might reduce the risk of heart inflammation called
1: myocarditis before these vaccines myocarditis was a freaking medical
3: emergency
2: is it just me or is it bother anybody else that these people keep squeezing their way into the independent media they're not independent drew drew dr drew is not i mean for crying out loud this guy's been towing lines that are very dangerous and been I'm not going to say that these people can't recognize and start uh, and start reporting the truth. There's, there's examples of that all over the place. I often reference Alison Morrow. I think she does outstanding work. The point is these are people that were once in the corporate media, but I've got to tell you, man, I am very concerned about this slow creeping move to like push their way into what they pretend is independent media. Maybe I'm just jaded and I just don't want to trust it, but it makes me nervous. Just going to be say that out loud because yeah, they can step in and start saying the same things we've been saying for three years Maybe they're honest. Maybe they're just trying to capitalize. But I'm not used to in history has shown us not to trust it. Let's put it that way. The CDC says several hundred cases
8: of a rare heart condition are likely linked to the COVID vaccine.
1: Rare. You rarely saw it. And if you saw it, that person is going into the hospital right now. Uh, They could die any second. Hayter's got his first Pfizer vaccine. He got pericarditis.
5: Been rushed to hospital every few weeks. Now the federal government is offering compensation for anyone who becomes seriously ill after having their COVID shot.
7: I
0: recommend taking the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccine.
2: Because it's only one side doing it to you, right? I'm so glad that he included that clip at the end, guys. I mean, we got to see the real picture here. Narrative is one thing, but at the end of the day, that's what matters, guys. That is what matters. I you could argue he's fooled, sure. That's certainly an argument, but the reality is he continues to double down, triple down, and push that injection like it's his, like it's his legacy. I, mean, I think he's even said that, right? That's the reality of where we are. I mean, and this is going to be pushed by all sides unless we stop that. But here is where the HHS is right now, despite all the information, despite them rolling back the guidance, despite them removing information from their CDC website that's hugely important about whether the mRNA and spike protein stay in your body and never addressing that fact, even though it's a huge thing to do while arguing and censoring people for saying opposite and then just quietly delete it. Like, that's cowardice, guys. Absolute cowardice. And here's the HHS. If you're vaccinated, so you've already got injections, right? A booster can help protect you from COVID's worst outcomes. You mean the worst outcomes that are very rarely even happening, if that's even really there, because we're telling you people, they're the ones admitting that Omicron is one one thousandth of the risk to children, which is the same concept. It's less dangerous. But take all these injections, which have a thousand different super rare that aren't really rare problems, and go ahead and get another booster that can protect you from the worst outcomes that aren't even there. So get a booster. Stay strong. Stay protected. Right. These people are not what they look like. (laughs) That's just my opinion, I guess. But those are the kind of people right there that are the ones that would run screaming from the injections, in my opinion. But the bottom line is they're pushing, they're pushing, they're pushing. Why? You're pushing out a bivalent vaccine, which we're going to get to now. That's obviously going to make things worse. But the point is that you're making that because you're arguing we need something else. But go ahead and jump in and take the new thing. Take the thing that right now is not helping anybody. The thing that's showing very clearly to dramatically increase your risk. But who cares, though? Because narrative. Meanwhile, the boosters have bottomed out. They have flatlined. Not even their own people are going along with it anymore. But the narrative keeps going. Because like I've said a million times, they're not going to stand up and be like, you got us. We were lying. No, they're going to drive that narrative into the ground. They're going to try to find a way to shift it in some way. Now, by the way, as they're pushing the boosters, Wall Street Silver points this out. This is a real, just an interesting breakdown to understand. We just reported that even Moderna just admitted to throwing away 30 million doses, right? We'll check this out. The U.S. throws away 82 million COVID vaccine doses. How much does one COVID vaccine cost the United States? You know, your tax dollars. $19.50 per dose. So what does that add up to? Doing the math on the screen. Turns out that is $1 trillion, $599 million total. Now, I don't think it really translates to cash changing hands, but think about that. Think about the amount of money that is going from your pocket into the hands of these vaccine companies, and yet they just th- they're throwing away millions of doses because you didn't want them. That's why it's ridiculous for them to go. I mean, the, either way you look at this, it's a massive transfer of wealth like we see every time they have an agenda. They are hurting you in every way, financially, physically. I mean, you, you name it. But why this doesn't matter is beyond me as they keep and jumping into the very next ones. And here is the alarming reality that right now, as they're even distancing their narrative from the from the grownups out there, they're in this very strange way, pushing harder for the children. Doesn't that make sense when you understand that that's the important part for them in regard to whether they can get indemnity and so on? We've talked about all this, but the mass, the quarantines, the lot. All this is seemingly increasing for kids, even though they're the least at risk out of anybody. But now they're going to tell you we're going to make the new special bivalent vaccines for the children that don't need them.
8: Thank you. On the COVID-19 front, the FDA says children will have access to new boosters coming this fall. The agency says updated boosters to protect
2: from the BA. Four and BA. Five strains of the virus. Yeah. The one that is one one thousandth the risk of the things from before and from before they weren't at risk. Remember that even the Oxford calculator said they had one one in a million chance of dying. And yet now we're 1,000th one of the risk, and yet we're still pushing injections on them. Injections that very clearly caused what was even the one they admitted to, something like one in every 3,000 causing myocarditis or whatever the number was. Maybe it's way more. I don't know. The point is, I, that, I do know that's one of the numbers that was cited. I believe that's the more accurate number. But either way, that's why I said don't know. The CDC admitted that there was a risk, and they've even brought that up substantially. But that risk alone is dramatically more than the risk from even what they admit from COVID-19, even if that's actually what's happening. How do you explain that? That's not benefits outweigh the risks. That is, take extra risk for the idea that this is benefiting you, even though it's not. There is no such thing as mild myocarditis. And the reality is you're causing this in children and then acting like it's SIDS or SADS or anything else under the sun. This is absolutely sinister.
8: virus will be available by next month. However, the FDA has not said what ages will be eligible for those boosters or... How long kids would need to wait since their last booster to get these shots?
2: Oh, their last booster. Okay, good. So we've now given them five, four shots. What, you know, what just unbelievable. Now here is the main, one of the main parts of today that I think is really important. August 20th came out today. Novel, bivalent COVID-19 vaccines. What does common immunological sense predict in regard to their impact on the COVID-19 pandemic? Now, this is Gert Vandenbosch. This is the guy that's a former Bill and Melinda Gates expert. Okay, and he is a highly credentialed expert. Here's what he has to say. Bivalent mRNA booster candidates have been developed as a next step in the development of COVID-19 injections, well, he says vaccines, but I, I, I don't believe these are even by any definition or any stretch of the word to combat the virus. These new vaccines are target the induction of a broader immune response than the original vaccines and have to some extent already been approved by regulatory authorities, which I told you, the MHRA. The UK has already been like, yep, who cares? No safety trials. We don't even see it. We don't even have it in our hands and we're going to go ahead and give it a rubber stamp that sound like a safety agency that's checking to make sure you're safe? No, that seems like they know what their marching orders are. It says, one wonders, though, why studies conducted to test these new vaccines have only enrolled baseline sero-negative participants, whereas the new vaccines will predominantly be administered to people who have already been vaccinated with first-generation COVID-19 vaccines. That's interesting, right? So why would you pick people that have nothing going on, who haven't gotten injections, to test this on them when most of them that are getting them are taking them as boosters? Again, this is the way that they, they manipulate these things. His argument, and my belief, is that they know that it'll show you exactly what he's about to describe. He says this is quite striking. An expert who understands how these processes go, right? He says, as usage of these updated COVID-19 vaccines to fight dominantly circulating Omicron variants in previously COVID-19 vaccinated populations is highly contraindicated as it violates all basic principles of vaccinology. Okay, but just do it anyway, because what? I mean, what's the, what's even the argument here? The point is there's nobody like this person out there, which you should question like anybody else, within the conversation that's standing up and going, well, wait a minute, guys, explain to me why... It's okay to challenge all of the basic principles of vaccinology to push this in for the new mRNA, not safety-tested vaccine platform new direction that you've been pushing for 20 years. Why does that make sense? Explain to me why that's, that's safe. <laughs> Nobody's doing that because they don't want to do that because this kind of person says this and they get called a conspiracy theorist. There's a lot more to read in here, and he gets into very scientific discussions of why it's happening and so on. He links to scientific studies. Read it for yourself. But he says immune responses and healthy vaccinees. Not only sideline the innate immune response, but also prevent APCs from inducing new adaptive immune responses, either by blocking AG uptake or preventing AG presentation by killing professional APCs after they've my place after they've internalized the vaccine derived S antigen as previously illustrated. Consequently, the immunological effect of vaccination in thoroughly COVID 19 vaccine the subject is much different from that of a natural infection. Now, with the, uh, hold on, it was the APCs we're talking about antigen presenting cells. Now, it goes on to say this implies that the immune response of a COVID 19 vaccinated person cannot rely on conventional ag presentation to enable immune recognition of of new S- spike associated epitopes unless the virus breaks through in the host immune defense facilitated by short-lived uh the uh i'll, get, I'll grab it a second the antibodies but it's ie antibodies uh however increased frequency of reinfection leads to a reduced likelihood that the virus will break through the fragile uh, TH independent immune defense of vaccinees. The point is that unless you have any semblance of some kind of natural response, it doesn't work. Ultimately, I'm gleaning. But the point is that there's more to that. But the idea that it's saying the people that have already gotten the vaccines, they cannot rely on the, on the, what's, what the, the current situation. It needs to be unless a virus breaks through the host temporary immune system facilitated by short-lived IEABAs or IEABs. I'll read that to you real quick. IEAB, it was uh, infection-enhancing antibodies. But the point is, it's very clear. I'll just read it from his words so it's not taken as my opinion. He says this in turn will lower the chances for the vaccinees, those taking the injections to generate natural immunity against any new variant. Well, look at that. In fact, the injections you're giving are the reason that they're not fighting off something new. But the point is natural immunity has been shown in every possible peer reviewed study you can find to be lasting, durable and robust, even creating antibodies to variants of concern, including Omicron. According to this vaccine expert, he's telling you that what they're doing is increasingly driving them into a position where it's hurting them more and more and more. And 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 it goes on to say, or for that matter, uh, it won't generate natural immunity against any new spike-derived vaccine vaccinal agent, antigen, excuse me, i.e., regardless of the antigenic characteristics of the Omicron subvariant it originates from. Here's the ultimate conclusion. Updated COVID-19 vaccines comprising new mRNA or protein-derived spike-associated sequences of one or more Omicron subvariants will only further deli- deteriorate the already dire consequences of the COVID-19 mass vaccination. So to be clear, his opinion is very obvious that the vaccination, the mass vaccination, is destroying people. Like, that is, that is what is hurting people, and I-, I would argue that's what's being called COVID-19. But the point is, these new ones are only going to dramatically make that worse. The uh, COVID-19 mass vaccination, this is abundant cell surface expressed and or free circulating spike protein will cause a unilateral and potentially protracted recall of the infection enhancing antibodies without priming and neutralizing antibodies against new Omicron specific antigenic sequences in the vast majority of healthy vaccinees. You are literally creating the problem by giving them this injection, according to this expert. Think about that. Whereas the purpose, he says, of these novel vaccines is to enhance protection against continuously evolving variants. They will have exactly the opposite effect in that they will enhance the evolutionary dynamics of the virus. Guys, this is the same leaky virus discussion or leaky vaccine where the argument might have been that this was meant to only hurt people that didn't take it. But it's it's backfiring. You are creating the problem that's hurting more so the people taking it. It says continued mass vaccination with novel Omicron adapted vaccines will only increase population level immune pressure on viral virulence by the infection enhancing antibodies, meaning they're the ones creating the variants, guys. That's the point. It says while sparing the unvaccinated from this impact. Well, look at that. I mean, it just doesn't get more clear than that. And there's a lot of... Please read through this. I'm not saying trust it blindly. I'm saying that this is another expert standing up at a time when it takes courage to do so and saying this is going to destroy the vaccinated. I mean, my God. Now, as a GP, she points out, as a general practitioner, I get asked for exemptions. And there are almost no qualifying criteria. Well, there's an insight. (laughs) They make sure you can't pull out of it. It says, my issue is that we never should ever, as doctors, be in a position where patients are begging us not to have a a medication injected into them. That is not informed consent, and choice must always prevail. But that's not what's happening, is her point. This person's just pointing out after AstraZeneca killed her father, that the point is they got forced into it. And this is not informed consent. We're watching the breakdown, or rather the destruction of any semblance of what we thought was informed consent before this. And they're going to do, they're built the same thing as they give you a brief pause and point at monkeypox or whatever else, these bivalents are coming. Now, just a side note, Germany, in Germany, they, they reestablished the mandatory measles vaccination and saying that that's constitutional. Top court rules. Now to be clear, this is something that was already there. They just reestablished this. Then think about how crazy it is that we have any vaccination that's mandatory and pretending even in what fantasy world that's constitutional. But the reality is that this is pushing them even harder to double, triple, quadruple down on what they want. Take the polio vaccine. Take the mandatory measles vaccine because we say so. That's what this is doing, even though most people are pushing back more than ever. this is At a point now, you should be questioning whether any of these things are right for you. If you think they're right, then you have that choice. I've never been the one to argue that you shouldn't be able to. That's the same problem in reverse. If you think mass are safe, then you have the right to do that. If you think this is right for your family, then you have the right to do that. But you better own up to when something bad happens. If it does, I believe that we can't trust the science around this stuff right now because of how broken this has gotten. Which is exactly the problem of where we find ourselves today, where the actual science is being bastardized, which I'm actually going to play a clip for you in a minute. Uh, or I think I was. No, I guess I put that off. There's a clip from the Highwire. Let me see if I have that over here real quick. There was a good clip in regard to how science is manipulated essentially. Yeah, it's right here. I might as well play that since I brought it up. See if it's loud. Yeah, I'll just just play it right here.
8: Reporting on for many, many years, and this is questioning the science. So in July, 2021, about a year ago, this was reported in the BMJ. It was a, uh, it was a commentary. It was by Richard Smith. He was a former uh, head editor at the BMJ. And he wrote this. This is the title. Time to assume that health research is fraudulent until proven otherwise. And he says in there, we have we have now reached a point where those doing systemic reviews must start by assuming that a study is fraudulent until they can have some evidence to the contrary. I mean, this is like a, a submission statement of what we do here. But this isn't something that just was a phenomenon of the COVID response and all of the bad science that was that was really held up there by these institutions yeah. like the CDC. This has been going on for for years, if not decades. This is an article, a commentary by Richard Smith. I'm sorry, Richard Horton. He is the editor-in-chief of The Lancet. And in 2015, he wrote this titled What is Medicine's Five Sigma? And in there, he writes, the case against science is straightforward. Much of the scientific uh, literature, perhaps half, may simply be untrue. We aid and abet the worst behaviors. Our a- acquiescence to the impact factor fuels an unhealthy competition to win a place in a few select a, a select few journals the apparent endemicity of bad research behavior is alarming in their quest for telling a compelling story scientists too often sculpt data to fit their preferred theory of the world and boy was that really a, a prophecy really yep and
2: that's exactly what we've talked about in the four, right or, or even the idea from the WHO document we looked at yesterday right the argument that in the back or uh, uh what is it what they call it was it not virus illness, but expert, disease experts, I don't know, disease experts will will basically manipulate in the direction of their chosen field. And that's what we, that's paraphrasing. But that's what even the WHO called out about pandemics. Same point here, guys. And by the way, if you want to look it up on our website, there's an article where it's discussing that exact concept, which it's called P hacking. It ultimately discusses how scientists will kind of take a grouping of data. And, you know, kind of Yahtzee it out over and over until it lands in a way that looks like something that can be used or organized in a certain way. You know what I mean? And that's what happens. Now, that doesn't have to mean necessarily being dishonest, but it means that you're trying to drive it. You're trying to find a way that's going to drive funding for your research as opposed to just what's actually true. And that has been completely bastardized into today to being that people will only cover things which they know the government will fund. And now you see Politics driving science. And it's the same thing. Now, by the way, that same kind of discussion should be just, uh, you know, you should apply that to Gert Van Den Bosch's science as well. The point is, though, it shouldn't be taken at face value. Trust the scientific method, not the quote science, because you don't trust the science. That's anti-scientific method. The bottom line is this is what the problem is today, and it's overtaking everything. Now, here is Peter McCullough being asked a question by the I think it's the editor of uh, the Epic Times. And the point of this is something we've made many, clear many times to you that even like, look, first of all, we know this thing has never been as dangerous as they've made it out to be. That's a fact. And even less so today. But regardless, they were the ones screaming. And this is what I talk about when I'm talking about arguing from within their narrative. They're the ones screaming. This is dangerous. This is hurting everybody. It's super biggest pandemic in our lifetimes. Even Fauci just told that in January 2022. But even while they say that, then when you get sick, they go, come back to us when you're bad. My father got told this. So you get tested positive, go home, take aspirin, let us know when you're dying. How does anybody act like that is actual health care? Right? So the point is that there's a lot of other things you could be doing. But in this case, they didn't do anything but say, come back until you need a ventilator. And here, this is this is the question being put to them.
3: A campaign that came out of the uh, the FDA and the CDC, because I know that even after, let's say, a full year and a half of of a multi-billion dollar ad campaign from the government, I know people that either contracted COVID after getting vaccinated or their family members contracted COVID after getting vaccinated. And they really did not even know what to do with them because it seemed like the government's position was, well, wait until it gets so bad that you have to go to the hospital and then you know they'll take care of you there. What do you think leads to that? Because in theory, again, maybe I'm too naive, but it feels like the, these alphabet agencies should be... Explaining to people how to stay healthy, even let's say you get COVID, it's like, okay, well, these are the things you should do, even like get rest or something like that. But but it's not like that. It's like, wait, hang around at home until you get it sick enough, then go on a ventilator in the
2: hospital. That's what it's right. And then go, oh, we're overwhelmed. Right? How about preemptive care is exactly how you stop that from happening, if that's even what's actually happening. But the reality is there's always been a general consensus, which doesn't necessarily make it true, by the way, but a general consensus about what you should do in, with a respiratory problem or any illness or your immune system, right? Vitamin D, exercise, eating healthy, you know, all sorts of things that they could. And those are just basic things. But there's also things you could take that are preventative or therapeutics, which they just ignored I mean, I, by the way, I just saw another study coming out preaching the, the, the virtues of, uh, you know, not virtues, but the, the efficacy of hydroxychloroquine. So there's some kind of Harvard meta-analysis that said, yeah, very clearly there is efficacy here. But of course, not that one, not ivermectin, not anything until we can break off one sliver of what ivermectin can do and turn it into a pill that actually hurts people and say success. But even then we still emergency authorize everything, right? <laughs> we are just in this spinning hamster wheel of nonsense. It's incredible to me. But that's what they did go home and get sick and come back. And so we can use that as a statistic, even though you got injected multiple times, take Paxlovid, come back again in a week. like
11: It's inexplicable. The agencies to this day still have not given America a care plan of what to do when they contract COVID-19. I can tell you the advertising campaign or the public health messaging campaign for the vaccine was built on three fraudulent false claims. The first claim is, was that the vaccines were going to stop the infection. And if you took the vaccine, you couldn't get the infection. Our president said this. The major liberal media said this. People remember Rachel Maddow saying this on MSNBC. Uh, The second false claim, fraudulent.
2: Real quick point, though. That's why people like Maddow continue to, quote, succeed. Because just like Neil Ferguson, they lie in exactly the ways they're needed to. That's my opinion. I can't know for sure whether she knows that or not. But I mean, come on, you don't say something so blatantly wrong or continue to push the entire Russia gate hoax right into the ground and yet get promoted unless that's what you were paid to do.
11: And claim is that it would block transmission. If you took it, you couldn't give it to anyone else. And that became so obviously not the case that our CDC director came out and said that and said, listen, it doesn't stop transmission. The final false and fraudulent claim is that the vaccines make it a milder illness, right. that they reduce hospitalization and death. And I can tell you, Thank God. in randomized clinical trials, in order to make that claim, a randomized trial would have to be done, and there's plenty of patients to do this, where the vaccine indeed reduced hospitalizations and deaths. It hasn't been done. The signal hasn't even been there in the randomized trials where that's not a primary endpoint, and now we have data flooding in from Canada, Europe, South America, Israel, showing the vast majority of patients in the hospital are fully vaccinated. In fact, the unvaccinated are having much milder syndromes, not ending up in the hospital.
2: Thank, thank God that I, I, I actually didn't even know that he had said that on the record. So the point is how important it is to understand that it's not OK, okay first of all, From the very beginning, like the same reference, Forbes discussion of that or the actual Pfizer documentation, which is the first times I saw that right in 2020, where their own trials, and it's the same now, only sought finding a reduction of mild to moderate symptoms. We all saw that. They never even tried to find this out. Right, and my point was well. Very clearly, they didn't even try to find it. So how can you argue it reduces hospitalization and death? Then we got into the real world situation, and my point's the same. If we continue to see, and I, look personally, I feel like I've damn near spearheaded this discussion in regard to the idea of the UK data and so on. People like the expose were doing the same thing. We were on that trail until they hid it from you. Right, the reality's there. The majority of these problems, whether in Ontario or Alberta or New South Wales or, and what by the way, I need to look at that report again. I haven't looked in a minute. The reality being that's undeniable that not only the risk per 100,000, but the actual majority of people are in the vaccinated, in the hospital, in ICU and the dying. OK, so the point is, there's no way you can claim these things are giving you any benefit at all. And he is a highly credentialed expert. My point is that's my opinion based on the data, but you should be listening to people that are challenging the narrative and considering what they're saying. Because It's not, I, even the people that are now walking that line and going, well, they have some effect, for people in the middle. I mean, they might believe what they're saying. I just don't believe that anymore. But I do think a lot of them are trying to edge their way into that kind of quasi middle. So they, we forget about how much they push the opposite. Even people in the independent media there's so many of them these days that are going, we all knew from the beginning. And it's like, no, you didn't. You did not. And in fact, you cashed down many of us that were, you dismissed people like us. And now suddenly you're the ones that can see it. No one can't. We all see it. But the frustrating part about this is that it was always there. And people like McCullough are, I mean, it, that, that's a huge statement from him. The point is things like this, by the way, that we've been talking about from for a long time. We referenced it right here uh, in this one. This is one of the later ones. It was March 10th, 2021 in regard to the vitamin d cover-up and this was the point that i'll grab this one too since i highlighted it down here for you this is i can't i still can't believe how crazy this is that in the department of justice for it was in uh georgia a court orders georgia defendants to literally stop selling vitamin d products as treatments for covid or just any other diseases so what exactly do you sell it for then right? I mean, what do you think vitamin D is used for? Like even Fauci before this would talk about the vitamin D for respiratory viruses in general. We all know that's always been the reality. And then do they make it illegal, not just for COVID, but for anything? Talk about an overstep. They expose their hand here. The reality is, as this study showed you back in 2020, December, vitamin D insufficiency may account for almost nine out of 10 COVID deaths. Yeah. Why didn't we talk about that? Peer-reviewed, National Library of Medicine, NIH, doesn't matter, though, because the science isn't what they're trusting. They're trusting the narrative. But the point is, this is a new one from Irish Times. Insufficient vitamin D linked to fourfold increase in risk of death. So it's another study finding the same thing in a different way. The reality is there's a million different things you could do to increase your body's health, to fight back in general with your immune system, but also that can dramatically and specifically fight off things like what they tell you is COVID-19. But guess what? Fake news, you're not allowed to talk about that. Like he said, get sick, come back and let us know when you're dying. That is a felt self-fulfilling prophecy. And all of this is undeniable. We are watching a massive criminal play out or criminal act play out. I don't know if all of them know it or not, but damn damn it, if it's not as obvious as I've ever seen in my life. Now, the last part to make the re- the other part about Omicron in general make even more stupid, look even more stupid. Guess what, guys? New study to end the show today. Over half of people, they claim infected with omicron didn't even know it you know how many ways you could take this in every way you could take this from our side of the argument is ridiculous is there's a lot of different ways you could make this uh bolster different arguments we've made one of which is that omicron is not very dangerous at all in fact so not dangerous that half the people that had didn't even know that's so stupid especially as they push this on people and children that don't even need it they did not even know they were sick but on top of that how about it means it's not even there How about that? How about if the PCR test says you're sick, and guess what? You didn't even know you had it. And you know how they frame it in the corporate discussion? That's how dangerous it is. You didn't even know it, and you're spreading it everywhere. Okay, that if it didn't matter, and no one's getting sick, and it's not even dangerous, and you didn't even know, why is that a dangerous thing? In fact, that's exactly how people argued things like this work, that it gets so mild and so natural and endemic that nobody even, it's it's a cold It doesn't even, that's the point, but they don't want that. In fact, the injections they're giving are the very thing that's causing people to not be able to fight it off. And that's why they're pointing at and saying, danger. Oh, here it is right here. This is the the clip that I want to play. People unaware they've been infected with Omicron variant. (laughs) Completely unaware, but we're all going to die.
9: And new research suggests most people who catch the Omicron variant, most people
2: don't even know.
3: Scientists published the report this week and say it's uh, likely a big factor for the recent spread of the virus. You just- right,
2: right, because it spread everywhere. Well, they don't even know they have it, but it's everywhere, though. Why? Because they got tested and it said they had it. Oh, my God, it's a pandemic. Dean Daniels
3: took a look at the study and what health experts say you should know.
0: Health experts say Omicron makes up 99 percent of all new COVID cases
2: yet. 99%. Okay, let's take a quick dance into the reality of what the injection is that they're giving. You guys remember? It is based on what they claim as a Wuhan isolate, which is literally just num- genetic code on a screen that China sent, even though they then admit that they didn't isolate it. Right? I mean, that's important to remember. And Why has the data not been shared?
5: No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue.
2: Okay, so they didn't isolate it, at least at the time when they sent the genetic code. Moderna's website makes it very clear that within days of the genetic code that was sent when they hadn't isolated it is what was turned into the injection. That never changed. That's MR1273, that mRNA1273. That's the same with Pfizer, by the way. So we know we can prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, at least for what they publicly put out, that they got genetic code when it wasn't isolated, turned it into an injection, and that's still what they give today. We can claim that's based on the Wuhan isolate, if you want to say that. The reality is simply that it's based on that original thing. Okay, that has changed by their own admission like 17 times. Okay, so they're the ones telling you that 99% of the thing going around is not what this is based on. So we're supposed to pretend like that's safe to get now? That has not the right effect and produces not the right antibodies? I mean, my God, their own scientific conversation proved this is not safe. But here we are being shouted down is crazy because nobody wants to listen to the fact that they made the wrong choice or those out there that know this already, most of which are too afraid to speak up because maybe they think they're the minority. You're not guys. You're not. Everyone around you knows it's time to speak up and let them know that, that you agree.
0: New research suggests most newly infected people don't even know they have the virus. Dominique Cathcart wants his family to stay healthy. That's why he brought his eight-year-old son with him to get vaccinated Friday. The oh cold is still out there. You know, it's still taking people away and people that we love away.
2: Virginia Department of Health. Right. See, that's what they do is they'll show some wildly uninformed person saying things. That way they don't have to act like they said the things that are completely unverified.
0: Celebrate Healthcare and six Mount Zion Baptist Church are hosting free clinics in Hampton. Cathcart says recent spikes in covid cases concerned him, man, him getting this shot. is a big.
2: <sighs> yeah, maybe he'll have trouble breathing. Maybe that's what you mean. Like, I mean, I'm so grossed out by the fact that he doesn't realize he's doing the wrong thing. He thinks he's doing the right thing. Right. And that's the sad part about it, at least I can assume, is that that kid's being put in dramatic risk by taking those injections for something that even if it does so-called work produces something he doesn't need so there's no benefit here
0: this is a relief man but a new study released this week doesn't make him feel more at ease research published in the jama network reveals 56 percent of adults are unaware they carry omicron
2: now, how about this, too? Don't, they, don't forget that 75% of the children in this country, if they claim, have already gotten sick. So that means they, even if they do, get, they're, they're not even potentially in danger because the natural immunity has been shown by every study to be lasting, durable, and robust. I mean, the facts just keep spinning around this. They can't run from this anymore. That's why they're just—I I don't even know what they're going to do next, guys, but this is a house of cards that collapsed a year ago. And there's just pretend it's the emperor that wears no clothes. Right. That's what we're staring at right now.
0: Health experts consider Omicron and its subvariants to be the most infectious
2: strain. Infectious, not dangerous, though. I love how they just pretend they stopped caring about the word dangerous like a year and a half ago.
0: And researchers say this study suggests lack of awareness may be a key factor in the spread of the virus.
1: Um,
2: It's very
7: important to um to understand that the risk is still there.
0: Chesapeake's public health emergency manager, Cherry Tucker, says people are more comfortable now considering symptoms appear less severe and hospitalizations are down.
2: Yeah, right, so it's not dangerous. So we don't care anymore, right? But you're all going to die because you're taking something that keeps, makes you in more danger for something that's not actually risky. Like, it just you, if you barely barely think into this. You're going like, wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, it it just doesn't connect. Like, unless you're scared out of your mind and willing to take whatever's put in front of you, people aren't buying this anymore. And the numbers show that. However, he
0: says there's reason to be optimistic.
3: Our our vaccines are going to continue to improve. (laughs) And I think that really bodes well, uh, you know, in in our favor. The White
0: House says a new COVID booster geared toward finding the original COVID strain and Omicron could be on the way to Americans in about three weeks in Hampton. God. Eugene Daniel 13 News Now.
2: God, I mean, it's just sad. Very sad. It's a dying empire. Well, oh, wait. Oh, that's right. Okay, so that, that's all it was. I've, I was confusing. I thought this was an old study I forgot to remove. So this is the study they were referencing. It's from August 17th. Awareness of SARS-CoV-2 Omicron variant infection among adults with recent uh, COVID seropositivity. And the bottom line was, results of the study suggest that more than half of adults with recent Omicron infection variant were unaware of their infection status. Now, oh, that's right. I forgot to point this out. Let me play this again real quick. This part of it is, real. Is this is one of the ways they manipulate people that aren't paying attention. Uh, Where was it? Right here. Researchers. Not that one. Hold on. Did I remove it already? That's strange. Well, here, let's go back to this.
9: And new research suggests most people who catch the Omicron variant don't even know
3: you should
0: ninety nine percent of all new covid cases. Yet new research suggests most newly infected people don't even
2: know they have. And that is the lie. Okay, not newly infected. That's how they're trying to pretend like, you know, right when you get it, you don't know. That's not what it says. Read the study. It talks about people that went through the entire course of the illness and never even knew they were sick. That's what it is. What they're doing there is trying to manipulate you into thinking that it's only just when it starts and you just got infected, you don't know yet, and you're going to get really sick. That's not the truth. This is so mild and and uh, inconsequential that you go through this, most people, you don't even know it. That's the reality that they're trying to hide by saying newly infected. Nope. Read the study for yourself. Now, here, by the way, is a clip we've already played for you that's making the rounds on uh, some of the bigger, you know, just coming around to the reality independent media shows. The reality being that, yes, Gates, in the, while they basically said this was a low fatality rate, kind of like the flu, but we already know this, guys, and it's only less dangerous now. That's the frustrating part about this, is that it's all there.
7: It wasn't until early February, when I was in a meeting that experts at the foundation said, there's no way, you know, this, there's been too much Uh, travel without diagnosis uh, for us to contain this. And then at that point, we didn't really understand the fatality rate. You know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate
2: and that it's... Isn't it weird that his hand is high when he says that? (laughs) I don't think, I think he's confused about what he's saying. A disease mainly of the elderly, kind
7: of like flu is, although a bit different than that. So that was a pretty scary period right. uh, where the world didn't go on alert, including the United States, nearly as fast as it needed to.
2: Right. For the flu. OK, got it. So we know it's not dangerous. We know it's the flu. We know that Neil Ferguson and Imperial College of London lied about the information, which is what they used until this still basically rest on, even though we know it's not dangerous. Now it's one one thousandth of the risk, but we're all going to pretend like we still need something new right? Or they are, or act like we do. It's incredible to me. And here is what somebody points out, Dr. Anastasia Mar- Maria Lopez. Bill can't believe that people actually fell for this. <laughs> Flu season cases in the United States. The Point is all the way from 2012 to 2020, 19 to 2020, 38 million, 20, 36 million, 45 million cases, by the way, between 2020 and 2022 or 2021. It says 1.822. Really? Now here, by the way, is the actual, you could see the list for yourself. Now these, it's, you know, this is 35 million instead of 38. You'll find varying statistics. The bottom line is you'll note that weirdly enough, for some strange and obvious reason, Wikipedia stats stop at, from the 1920, 19, 19, 19 Jesus, 2019 to 2020 year in any of their statistics for flu. Why is that? Weird. They just stopped counting. You know why? Because it says zero. Or in this case, one point eight two. So the point is, if we're going to pretend like anybody buys that, like it just vanished, and yet they still freak out about the twin demic when they want to scare you, but the reality is, we got played. If or anybody that fell for this got played. And I don't even I'm not even sure if we can argue this is even actually happening at the end of the day or it's just some big manipulation. But the point is that you need to see sort of like the 9-11 conversation, whether we're talking planes or not or whatever else that they lied to you. We got played. We got tricked. We got a huge transfer of wealth. Everything's happening around the world to drive a bigger agenda. And it's only going to continue unless we do something about it. Right. And I think that's what we're doing right now. Thank you for being here today and continuing to fight because, damn it, you're making a difference. They know it. We know it. And they're trying to hope. They're trying to kind of circumvent the the effort into something else. Right. I think what they're really trying to do is hope that people will take the bait for something violent, which they can then use to crack down on people. But I'm not saying I have all the answers, guys. I don't know. I could be wrong about plenty of things. The point is that we need to remain objective and continue to ask questions and cross those party lines. The person on the other side of the street, regardless of what they believe in, is on your side, guys. We need to realize that. Because the person, the only group that's not on your side is the government that you vote for. Those are the people that aren't on your side. They're doing this to you right now. And I hope we can see that going into the midterms or the next election or whatever we're going to talk about. But thank you for being here. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant.
7: Questions get asked when people have hesitancy or reluctance to get vaccinated. Did you go too quickly is the first. The answer to that is... The speed was a reflection of extraordinary scientific advances and did not compromise safety, nor did it compromise scientific integrity. The next question is, okay, but what about the fact, is it really safe and is it really effective? Or is this something the government is trying to put over on us? Is this something the companies want to take advantage of? Well, let's take a look at what's happened over the past few months. We've had clinical trials, and thanks to the volunteers in that trial, in tens of thousands who have put themselves on the line to prove to the country and the world that these are safe and effective products. It is really bittersweet. The bitterness is the fact of what the vice president mentioned. We still are in the middle of a very difficult situation with record numbers of cases, hospitalizations, and deaths. But the sweetness is the light at the end of the tunnel, which I can tell you as we get into January, February, March, and April, that light is going to get brighter and brighter. And the bitterness is going to be replaced by the sweetness. And we all hope, and I think this is doable, that by the time we get to several months into this year, we will have enough people protected that we can start thinking seriously about the return. That's up to all of us to step forward and get vaccinated.